fill my office hours. So then he put me with these guys. You're so lucky, though. <laughs> and the rest is history. Okay, exactly. Sheldon, whenever you're ready. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome to the program. You're tuned in, dialed in, locked into the greatest conversation. We are back. It is hashtag right here on Vibe 105. And uh, good day to you, depending on when you're listening to this. Uh, we appreciate everybody for tuning in. It's your man, Solitaire. I am joined by my esteemed compatriots, DJ Reddy Fox. Hello. Hello, everybody. Uh, welcome. Welcome to hashtag. <laughs> <laughs> no better, Nina. Hey, everyone. And today, uh, since we had to take the, the week off last week, we are back with a special guest, a dear friend of mine and one of the hardest working people you want to know who plays so many roles, she can't even give you a job title, <laughs> Jennifer Safe. Hello. Thank you for having me. I love this. <laughs> we, are, we are so excited to have you on the program. This is, Jennifer, this is not your first time on the radio, is it? This is my first time on the radio. Amazing. Oh, it's a radio cherry. We're, we're, we're popping a radio cherry here. This is, uh, this is awesome. This is great. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, children. You're gonna never mind. <laughs> and you know that's that's what excites me about this program is being able to bring people on the show that aren't just typical celebrities or guests, but like community workers, writers. She's a celebrity activists. in her own way, though. She, hey, listen, she's a star. You have no idea. Uh, trust me. But um, yes. So for all of our listeners out there, we always always appreciate your continued support. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Hashtag Vibe105 is our tag on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow us there. We post a lot of uh, great stories and conversations and articles and memes and uh, funny stuff and all sorts of great stuff on there. And we also post on our Twitter page specifically the articles that we reference. Do we still uh, do that? The conversations. Do we still do of that? Of course. Okay. No. Nina, do we do that? Don't do that because <laughs> the show is not live. And I, I'm trying to coordinate the conversation while on my phone. I knew it. I knew it. I knew we did. I knew we weren't tweeting. Nevertheless, but our Instagram posts and our polls and stuff are all on Twitter, and, I, and they're very relevant. Yeah. I, I mean, listen. The fact of the matter is, it is active. We are on there. We are checking it. We're <laughs> interacting with our audience. We may not post all the articles, but we definitely post in interesting articles. We do. Yeah, we do post the like ones of like you know, like recently the black businesses to support or like restaurants exactly. that aren't on Uber Eats, stuff like that. So precisely. So continue to follow us, and we will continue to appreciate that. Spread the word about us. Uh, obviously, we do release this in podcast form. You can listen to it. And Anywhere you get your favorite podcasts. And uh, yeah, you already know, uh, we are very happy to be here this week. It was Canada Day this past Wednesday. So happy, belated, conflicted, stolen <laughs> land you. Canada Day. Thank you for saying conflicted because I, I just don't know how to... I. You know what I'm gonna you do? You don't know how to articulate. You know, but you know, know what? You know what? Someone does. A friend of mine um, out in Nova Scotia. Uh, what she does on Canada Day is she makes it a tradition to go to an Indigenous museum on Canada Day. Oh, so I, like I am going to do that. I'm stealing her idea, and I'm recommending. Oh, this. that's not a bad choice of words. Yeah. Don't steal her idea. Oh, well, yeah. No pun intended. Give her the credit she yep. deserves. <laughs> stealing, as in stealing land, stealing ideas. Get it? See what I'm doing there? See what I'm doing there? But I'm um, just saying. I'm just saying. Yeah, no, but yeah. So big. That was a great idea that she has that she does every Canada Day. She goes to like an Indigenous museum. So I'm going to do that going forward every year starting next year. I'm going to do something Indigenous in some way, shape, or form or learn something or maybe like buy a new book. I don't know. But I'm going to do something to celebrate Indigenous people on Canada Day. 
Absolutely. Okay, so I'm not going to steal your idea. I'm going <laughs> to leverage your idea. Okay. I'm going to do that too. Yeah. I'm going to do that too. Leverage it. Go <laughs> ahead. Leverage away. Leverage it. And she's just getting started, ladies and gentlemen. She hasn't <laughs> even shown you the tip of the iceberg as far as her ability to help and connect people. And steal their ideas. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh so yes yeah, so you know we're conflicted about Canada obviously is the place we were born it is our native country we are proud of it but we also unlike some other cultures we acknowledge its dark past you know what um, as well. I saw a meme the way they described it or the way they were trying to give it an ana- analogy of it is that basically like your mom raises you and you love your mom but then you come to find out that she's been doing some abusive stuff to brothers and sisters you didn't even know anything about so she's been doing this horrendous thing, these horrendous things to these other people, even though she raised you and nurtured you. Mm-hmm. And now you're like, okay, you've just found out all this stuff that she's been doing to these other kids that it's not cool. And now that's where the conflict is. Because you still love her, obviously. She's your mother, but she's been doing some, got some explaining to do, Lucy. Got some explaining, some explaining to, do. to do. Yeah, that's a that is the perfect yeah. analogy. That when that I saw that, I was like, that's exactly how it is. Because I love Canada, like I'm. Yeah. Like, I love this country, but I mean, once mm-hmm. you start to learn about a lot of the, you know, mm-hmm. it's black eye, it's historic black eye, and it goes right back to Confederation, literally from the jump, literally from when the first boats hit land here, actually, if mm-hmm. we're going to keep it real, 100, because, again, indigenous people, 4% of the population at one time, they were 100%, so do the math. There you go. So, listen, we stand in solidarity with our indigenous populations out here in Canada and North America. Because one of the things about that community is whenever there's been a struggle for black lives, they have always been right right there beside us. Right beside uh, us. Side by side. So we want to make sure that we we pay it forward to them because they are the originators, the original people. First Nations, man. So uh, right now, before we get into the headlines for this week and have you heard, let's throw over to Nina with the poll question of the week. So the week before last week, we asked um, the Toronto police budget is just over one billion dollars, making it 25 percent of the city's entire budget with people around the world calling for defunding of the city's police department. Do you feel we should defund Toronto police? Yep. Were your options were yes, they're overpaid, no, we need the police, or this is an American issue. And uh, we only got a couple of votes, mm-hmm. so it's kind of skewed. Way to keep it but, real, Nina. <laughs> well, because when I tell you the results, it's kind of skewed, but 67% of the people said no, and no, what? 30 don't defund them. Oh, it might mm-hmm. have been cops' wives, who knows? And then 33% <laughs> said. Yes, they're overpaid. But anyways, I'm not going to tell you the numbers on that one. So this week's poll. um, Okay, so the city of Toronto has voted to make face masks mandatory indoors Mm -hmm. with fines ranging from $750 to $1,000. A little excessive. We want to know if you think other cities in the GTA should follow suit. Your options are yes, safe move. No, it doesn't help. Or I'm still quarantining. So head over to hashtag Vibe105 on Twitter and Instagram to make your vote count. We're going to talk about that later so we can answer that question. We're going to go back to the poll question when we get to that in politics because um, yes. I'd like to hear what you guys have to say. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think you already know. I know what you're going to say. I know what yeah. you're going to say there, uh, Zorro. <laughs> uh, and always remember, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we want to support our, le- our local restaurants. Uh, if you want to order in... Do your best. We know Uber Eats makes it super easy. And, you know, no disrespect, but disrespect to Uber Eats. Uh, 
call your local restaurants directly. We've posted an article on our Twitter page at hashtag Vibe105. You got to keep reposting it. We're going to repost it each week, yeah, right? Yeah, we're trying yeah. to pin it to the top. Yeah. So, you know, go out there and try to contact the restaurants you want to order food from directly, food from directly, and, uh, you know, support your local businesses, okay? Uh, now, ladies and gentlemen, it's time. It's time. It's time. It's time for have you? I should be getting paid. For I, this I'm hoping podcast. Randy edits this part out every week. I really Randy, hope so. Randy, I should be getting paid I would, the same rate as your voice. Yeah. Uh, your voice. Just uh, start the show, man. <laughs> have you heard? It's time for have you heard, ladies and gentlemen. Um, this is our weekly round of headlines. Just quick things to pay attention to or just check in on. There are 135 Black-owned restaurants and businesses in Toronto. There's an article that we will also tweet out that shows you how to go out and support those businesses also. Not because they're open, but because they're good and they provide good products and services so you can always... And, well, and it's an easy them. way to show support for the movement. Like exactly. everybody's looking for their different lane to show support. And maybe your your lane is not being on the front lines with picket signs or whatever. But buy some jerk chicken. Buy yeah, a jerk yeah, chicken. Eat dinner. some jerk chicken. Go to a, go to a, go to a, West, a Caribbean West restaurant. How hard is go that? To a, go to Afri- a South African restaurant. There you or, go. You know, That's a very you... easy way to show some support, man. Just yeah, look for absolutely. those uh, black owned restaurants and look for the uh, uh, article that we post. Exactly. Uh, posters, stickers, and other such paraphernalia oh, uh, promoting yeah. white nationalism uh, has been appearing in South Etobicoke as of South recently. Etobicoke. See, this is the thing. Like again, we've had people say it's an American thing. We don't. How many times have you guys heard? And I'm gonna actually. I'll ask Jennifer first, since she's our guest. How many? How often have you heard this uh, sentiment that racism isn't as bad here in Canada? as it is in the states because i'm getting tired of it but jennifer more often than i would um, hate to count but it, it's it's pretty crazy counting i stop counting stop counting you know yeah I, you know this no go ahead, i was going to say jennifer so what do you, what do you say to that though when like I know you're flabbergasted usually by it because you've already i'm sure you've yeah, experienced what's your resp- a lot of what's the response but what is your response to that my response is, have you traveled? That's <laughs> my first response to anything. Have you traveled? Because, you know, when you're like stuck in the confines of, you know, GTA, you know, you have a very skewed kind of image of what the reality is, right? Right, right. And when you limit yourself to what you see on TV and you limit yourself to your circle, you have a skewed sense of reality. Mm-hmm. And so that's typically what I say. I say, have you traveled? You know, what does Marco look like? <laughs> and they're like, and they're like, yeah. So, yeah, I ha- I've traveled. I've yeah. been to uh, Europe. Yeah, but staying at a resort isn't traveling, right? Staying at a resort is not traveling. You got to really be in the communities that you visit and see the people. So apparently, residents uh, spotted these posters uh, over the weekend. It was aimed at white people. And contain messages such as "never apologize for being white." I don't. I, I like. Why? Who, who asked any, you guys to apologize? Who, who asked you guys? Whom? Whom? I never, not once, not never heard any white person saying, "I'm sorry for being." White. <laughs> what about Nina? What? Have you ever heard anybody like? Have you ever asked a, a white person to apologize for being white, Nina? No, I have not. <laughs> oh my god! I will not. I'm not even going to mention the spelling mistakes that are on these posters. Oh, yeah, yeah. But it just goes to show you, these are just cowardly racists, man. Just they they never went to school. 
Uh, and then it is uh, another one says this is a war on whites, <laughs> <laughs> and another one saying it's okay to be white. That one I found particularly insulting because I think why? every because I think everybody already knows it's, it's okay. okay to be white. Apparently oh, not though, solitaire. <laughs> Apparently it's not. Apparently There's it's never not okay. been any. Uh, you know how hard many... it is for white people in Canada. You know how hard it is. Come on, bro. <laughs> the struggle is real. The struggle <laughs> is real, man. There's beauty in the struggle, Brad. <laughs> So anyway, uh, we're going to keep a close eye on that, just particularly for those people who don't seem to think that racism exists. Yeah, that's, that's Canada, the only reason why I wanted to bring it up or for us to talk about it, because I'm just tired of people just saying how like we don't have it as bad as uh, the states has it. Like it's it's only bad in the states because they're like I always describe it like they're the major leagues of racism and we're the minor leagues of racism, but we're all playing the same game. It's just, you know what I mean? It's just that it's uh, the PR moves were better for the Canadian politicians early in the day when they saw how bad it was in the States, particularly mm-hmm. for how the worldview was of the States with slavery where that was concerned. But, yo, mm-hmm. you guys, can you guys just stop? Just stop? No, you know, it, 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 you know and my, my motivation as of late is I no longer address those people. <laughs> what do you if say? They, you just ignore they... them outright? Outright. There's no point because the thing about it is you have to realize you're doing work that you should be getting paid for. And I'm no longer doing that work. If you are at an ignorant stage at this point in the game, you have some catching up to do or you're going to become obsolete because that's the direction that we're going. In. Those, feel pe- me? those people now at this point, I think they're willfully they don't care. Yeah, exactly. they're, not, they're not interested in trying to learn anything. They're just being willfully ignorant at this point. Oh, so, yeah. So you're just saying they're write offs, basically. Yeah, right? they're write offs. Yeah, right-offs, if they yeah. want to come and engage, yeah. I will answer them. This but is, I'm only giving I'm only giving point form. My this time is, the, is money. This is the dumbest sign out of all of these dumb racist signs here at the bottom. When you see this, Canadians yeah. will be a minority in Canada. By 2036. <laughs> by 2036, Canadians will be a minority in Canada. That just shows you everything about how dumb these people are in terms moving, of how they look at the world. Moving on. <laughs> Dummies. <laughs> Stupid <laughs> idiots. Okay. Uh, point proven. Uh, next story. To cancel or not to cancel Robert Kiyosaki? Kiyosaki? I'm not sure how to pronounce this loser's uh, name. He's yeah. the author of the like multi, like probably diamond at this point in terms of book sales. Uh, rich Dad, Poor the Dad. The Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Apparently, uh, it has been exposed as racist people tend to do. You can only hold your, you know, conceal your racism for so long before it reveals itself. He's and actually, he recently did. I didn't actually, by, uh, you know, he's been showing it for much longer. I didn't even realize it because I haven't been really? paying attention to this guy. And I have read Neither the book. Have I. I did read the book, though, mm-hmm. Rich Dad, Poor Dad, because it's an easy book to read. And in terms of if you it's on the bestsellers, if you're trying to learn about finance. So it's just an, you would just naturally read it. But um, there's. Definitely some good advice in there, for sure, I would say. It may actually yeah. still be worth the read to people, but I don't believe we should support this guy. Especially like, read now. it for free, right? Read it for free. Download yeah, download it, it <laughs> whatever. Or, uh, shoot, I threw my copy in the garbage today. But if I had thought about that, I should have just passed it down to somebody. But um, Yeah, pay it for but, yeah. but he, But his <laughs> last recent tweet, let's uh, get into that. Because, yeah, yeah. yeah the, honestly, man, I've my scissors are sharp and they're quick. And I'm good with cutting people off. And this guy is cut <laughs> off. You're cut off. This guy's cut oh, off. Speak the truth. What is what happened here? Like break it down because I only saw it. Like, this, just today. this guy tweeted out of his butt. He tweeted out of his butt. So I'll read the tweet. He deleted it too, and you know it's bad when they delete it right after mm-hmm. they tweet it. His publicist probably run, ran into his bedroom. And was like, Yo, what are you doing? No, no, no. I think he just had the avalanche of black anger come at him on Twitter, <laughs> and um, he just deleted the tweet. But he tweeted saying, "WTF." 
Why do we worship felons, losers, weirdos, and people without power or success? Why do we attack our police who protect us from the losers? Why why do our gutless leaders kiss the losers' butts? And he actually says the A word there. The police should take a month off. Let the losers and readers kiss each other's butts. But he's saying the A word there. And then, you know, obviously people saw that and were like, what do you... This infuriates me now just reading it now. And I actually messaged, I DM'd him on Instagram to tell him F you, basically. <laughs> straight goods. I said to him, F you, bro. F you for life. Like, I'm well, not, like, I'm I have saying? no patience for people that are going to try to disrespect protesters that are literally fighting for freedom for black people right now. After the George Floyd thing, how are you not incensed by that? How do you not get it? It's so friggin' binary right now. Like, and then hmm. you're just showing your butt when you tweet like this stuff. Like, I'm so glad he did on- this. You should touch on this uh, response to this other tweet here by some guy named Sir Dixon, uh, appropriate name. Uh, (laughs) Robert Kiyosaki tweeted something that came off as offensive to blacks, and some people wanted us to cancel him in his books. Right, yeah. I I went at this guy on Twitter, too. If you disagree with a person's opinion, he says, raise a counter opinion to correct it. Why should I stop reading a good book because of an offensive tweet? Yeah. And Reddy Fox responded. Oh, you uh, raised the counter opinion. I, no, oh. Nina, I think, I think we should read it in Nina voice. Yeah, you, okay. I'll read it. Yeah. You say it came off as offensive to blacks. Dixon, are you not black or do you not consider yourself black? Or do you believe that what Mr. Kiyosaki said was not offensive enough for you to continue supporting him? Climb off your high horse and let's have a discourse. He's a, he's a poet, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> he's a poet. He got at him on some like poetic waxing. Oh, yes. Thank you very much, Ready Fox. Sure, yeah. And I went back. The honor. Yeah, I went back at him for a bit on Twitter, but he wouldn't engage me. And then some other girl I... from Africa tried to engage me. There's a lot of coons out here. There's a lot of coons out here. And. <laughs> They're exposing themselves right now, so I'm cool with it. I'm glad. I want to know where you guys are, and I'm going to have to make sure my garbage is covered up properly when you guys are around, Mm. especially at night, because I know you guys like to dig into people's garbage, you coons out there that are defending cops over the protesters. You're a coon, Sir Dixon. Yikes. Yeah, you guys are Uh, a coon. Really really quickly, do we have time for one more? Have you heard? Yeah, Yeah, we got a little time. Go for okay, it. Okay, cool. Perfect. Uh, I want to touch on this one because this is historic. Uh, the teachers union has approved changes at the school board. Uh, it's like the biggest change that I've seen. They want to include more racial diversity to the OSSTF leadership in Peel. As you know, uh, Peel has had somewhat of a tarnished reputation insofar as addressing systemic racism uh, in the education system over there. Uh, The district membership of the Ontario Secondary School Teachers Federation voted to bring in three new officers who are Black, Indigenous, and South Asian to create two ad hoc committees, okay? This is good. Yeah, this is amazing, okay? The the structural changes approved at the union come as the Peel District School Board is in the midst of an upheaval. uh, Did he resign or was he fired, the the former? Fired. He was fired. Yeah, yeah, actually, Jennifer, do you know more on this story? Because we were just catching wind of this now for for our Have You Heard's I'm nothing, nothing more than what um, the headlines show. 
mm-hmm. um, in terms of the rationale behind it. But mm-hmm. the conversation is being had, yeah. um, which is important, right? Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. only way to make change is to make sure um, that all the parties that are needed to make the change are having that conversation. So the fact that they went ahead, they had their vote, they engaged their membership, um, and there was support in that mm-hmm. community to make a change is huge, is mm-hmm. huge. Yeah. And, you know, from this, you're going to see additional changes that are needed, especially. Hopefully, people. hopefully. Well, Amazing. hopefully, but I'm banking on it. I'm banking on these changes. You sound like you're optimistic. I'm very, very, very optimistic. Oh, look at you. you got to spread some of that around. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so I think we're pretty much out of time. For yeah, this we got segment. we've got about one minute now. So if you want to wrap it up, we can hop out. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Well, maybe we could just quickly touch on community support. If you're a member of Toronto's Black community, uh, please reach out and uh, apply to join the Black Toronto Community Support. There's actually right now, I want to just highlight quickly, uh, there's a Black business law portal that provides a centralized information and sign-up portal online so that lawyers who want to do pro bono services and Black entrepreneurs who need that service can find one another. We're going to tweet that link link out because I think that's a great way, particularly for young businesses and aspiring entrepreneurs who want some legal advice but can't afford it, but you damn well need it because you can't understand a contract by yourself. Trust me. You want to have it looked at by a professional lawyer, and this connects people who need that service with lawyers who are willing to offer it for free. So make sure you check that out on our Twitter page at hashtag Vibe105. For those of y'all on the radio, I'm asking y'all to stay tuned till we pay some bills and come right back. For those of y'all on the podcast, stay with us. Yeah, man. So, yeah, that that peel, that's pretty major. So, just, Jen, real quick, this is, we record for the podcast version and then we do the segments for the radio. So during the podcast, now version, the podcast we can say, people are now listening to you explain it right. to her, which is fun for them. Sure. Right. And you could say <laughs> such utterances as fuck, bitch, <laughs> fuck that shit. Do you swear? Do you swear, Jennifer? Because you, Jennifer, you have a real angelic voice, eh? So um, no, let's, uh, no. do you curse? Do you curse? I, I, I curse. What's your favorite yeah. curse word? <laughs> she doesn't. Yeah. She's still maintaining a professional. Decor yeah, but we're in the podcast part now. This. We're still yeah, in the podcast. People are still going to hear this. This is a pointed um, question in an interview. What curse word do you like to use the most? <laughs> what curse word? I probably use like I say shit a lot. Okay. You know, shit, shit, shit. Okay. <laughs> but it's funny. I never used to. I never used to. Let's have a little Seinfeld moment oh. here until my son turned 16 and he laughs at me because he says, mom, it's like you developed Tourette's. You just started swearing. And I was like, this is how I manage. This is how I manage. But do you not feel that that word should be the next word that should be acceptable just in general? Like we've had words that graduate from being curse words. Damn mm-hmm. used to be a bad word to the point like right. ass was once a word that you shouldn't, couldn't say on the air or whatever. Bitch was a word that you were never allowed to say on the air that has graduated to being allowed to be said do you not feel like shit should be the I next word? I didn't know word? that. I didn't know that that word had graduated. Bitch? You can say bitch any time you want. Yeah, yeah. You, can, you, can, really? you can throw bitch around. Yep. Yeah, bitch, damn, ass oh. are, the, are words that were once considered seriously curse words. They were, mm. But they graduated to the point where they're said on TV. Dick is actually something that you hear on TV now. Someone will call someone a dick on TV. I've yeah. seen that like in mainstream network tv so i'm saying you guys maybe it's time we let the word shit graduate <laughs> yep 
Yeah. I agree. I agree. Listen to me. I, uh, I don't know. It's not an offensive word to people really anymore. It's just, it's just shit. It's the word. Right, well, listen, 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 listen. Fuck that shit right now. Fuck that shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I want to just, cut, I want to touch back on this monumental, um, this monumental decision because right now, with brands kind of coming to the table and saying, yes, Black Lives Matter, they're really standing behind it with these really high profile brands. And, um, Mm -hmm. you know, this is a good moment. And I feel like there's an energy in the Black community and people who, you know, our allies, so to speak, in really trying to capitalize on the energy and saying, yeah, listen, it's 2020 now. There's, there's people, there's young people who have been alive to see the bullshit play out over and over again. So this lip service stuff is not enough. You need to put up in some real policy implementation at decision-making levels. Are you talking about, people that, are you talking about corporations or are you talking about the government? No, no, I'm saying like, I'm not, I'm not talking about whether or not people are doing it. Like in this situation, it's, they're actually implementing real change on a, on a policy level. But I'm saying as, as young people who are becoming aware of the issues, they're saying that we need real change, not lip service. We need change to policy. Like we want to see, we don't want to hear you talk because we know what fucking Instagram posts are, bro. Your staff, like, this isn't even reaching the president or the higher-ups. This is, like, the general manager saying to the social media manager, yeah, 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 post up a black tile and say, hashtag Black Lives Matter. And and, and we'll sedate the people. It's like, no, 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 no. There's a tweet, I think, it was, I can't remember what it was, but I retweeted. It was perfect. It's like, yes, uh, yes, ally, yes, corporation. I appreciate that you tweeted out on Black Tuesday, the black tile, but please show me a picture of your of your vice president and your board of directors. It's like, yeah, no, 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 no more lip service. And this kind of, I feel like is the fruit of that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like black people and the allies and the people rallying around us are now saying, yeah, Change that shit because we know how to change it. We know that there's people knowledgeable knowledgeable about the issues that can speak to the change from the inside and the outside. And people are becoming more vocal. So. Yeah. And the invitation, right? It's all about the invitation. Right. So we've always invited the conversation. However, now in this time, um, we're all, it's in, it's in our face. It's in mm-hmm. our face. We can't mm-hmm. get away from it. And I think before we could deny it, right? Because it wasn't in our face. But now with this invitation, it's you have to do something. There, there's no ands, ifs about it. You have to do something. Right. Um, and we're asking more of our allies, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, I need you to stand in front of me. Not behind me anymore. I don't need you to back me up. Right. I need you to be in front of me. Right. You need to be paving the way for me to walk right through. Mm-hmm. And I think that is what, you know, things like this that's happening in Peel. They are saying, let me stand in front of you and open the door. Open the door for me. And that's all I'm asking, right? So we're going to have this conversation. It's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to hurt. Right. That's okay. Yeah, no, it's time for some, it's time for somebody else to feel uncomfortable, man. We've been feeling uncomfortable for 400 years, bro. And this is what it is, right? And this is what it is. People are feeling uncomfortable. That's why you're seeing a rise in, you know, all of these, you know, posters being put up. And I know. Are coming I know. out of 
thin-skinned, thin-skinned individuals that have just had every. What's the saying again? Like, and it's so poignant that I'll repeat it as much as I want. When when you're used to having a hundred percent, ninety-eight feels like oppression. Like, right? You know what I mean? So it's like, come on, bro. Like, we we just want a level playing field. Like, that's not a big ask. That's not. not (laughs) We want a level playing field. We want yeah. we want to not be targeted by the police. We want to just be able to live in peace and have the same opportunities as everyone else. That's not a handout. Like you guys mm-hmm. gotta fucking stop that shit, man. I forgot we were in the good part where I can oh, actually yeah, yeah. be myself, man. Yeah, fuck that shit, son. <laughs> fuck that <laughs> shit, man. Fuck that shit, son. <laughs> and you know, I think also the point was that I personally have never watched somebody die like that. That was my first experience with it. And I think that was the first experience of many. Yeah, that's what broke my brain. And, and it, like, it was just, broke I don't my know, brain. It did something to my psyche. Yeah. You know what I mean? It broke my soul. Yeah, you know, you maybe, yeah, talk a little bit more about that, Jen, because I think, uh, you know, Reddy and I, like, we kind of, when, when that situation occurred, mm-hmm. we both were dealing with it in very different but very traumatic ways. Like, I remember mm-hmm. I used to, like, for, like, two weeks straight, I woke up. My routine was keep a strong facade, you know, try to be the strength for others, wake up in the morning, like in this, and all my sobbing was in the shower. And then like sporadically throughout the day, I would like try to find a space that I can keep to myself and just, it was like hard, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I, I want to know, like, how, how did you cope with it? Especially having, a, you know what I mean? A, a daughter, like. I, it's, it's, I don't know. It was hard. Oh, sorry. Yeah, sorry. 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 Yeah, well, I have both. Yeah. I have one yeah, of yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> um, but it it was it was hard and it was unmanageable. Like mm. I could not manage my emotions, I could not manage my sleep, I could not manage my relationships. I completely broke down. Mm. And you know, before I always found pride in my strength. Like mm. I could, you know, compartmentalize everything and keep my emotions bottled up, and I couldn't do it. Like I was literally breaking down. Me too. Um, it was the same thing for me. Yeah, just breaking down. And even in like my personal relationship at home with my husband, it was it was challenging, you know, and he had to kind of understand the challenges that I was going through because there was no there was no rule book. Right. Jennifer, honestly, it amazes me. It sounds like you almost went through the same thing I went through, but almost now you're making me realize lucky for me, I live alone. So mm-hmm. I didn't have other personalities to worry about reacting to how I was acting. Like I could literally let myself freely be what I wanted to be, whether it was crying or angry or I didn't have to. There's nobody here for me to put on a brave face for the way it was for you, even too solitaire. So mm-hmm. for me, mm-hmm. maybe that was the best thing for me that I live alone because I was able mm-hmm. to just let my emotions do their thing for the most part. Not that I was happy about it at the time, because, again, I'm not used to having emotions that I can't keep under wraps under control so to speak like i was literally feeling like i was being swept in my emotions i was i always describe it as a tsunami of emotions and i was just along for the ride whichever way the water took me i was just going with it whether it was sadness or anger and it was like i I was the same thing no rule book never experienced this before i was like i don't know how long this is gonna last i was like how long how long am i gonna when am i gonna snap out of this like how long how long was it for you before you snapped out of it I, I haven't stopped out of it. Oh, you haven't? Okay. I haven't. I haven't. And it's it's just because you get that rush. Like, you right. get that rush when somebody makes that off-putting comment. You're like, ugh. You're like, okay, you know, I got to, you know, t- 
pull it back in or, mm. you know, I, I wake up with sadness. I wake up with sadness. You know, I, you know, when I talk to my son, I feel anxious, mm. right? Mm. It's just mm. these feelings that I, now that they're out, I can't get them back in. Well, that's good. Maybe it, it, for me, it's good because then now I am being honest about my feelings. Um, and but it's, it's a lot for everyone around you to have to process too. Though, it yeah. is a lot. It's a lot, <laughs> right. right? Because I'm a new kind of mommy. <laughs> I'm a new kind of wife. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> you know? Right. This, and now you it, have all this on top of it to try to, um, yeah. to add so, to the recipe. Yeah. But you know, it's interesting because it's, it's sad in that it's opened my eyes on education hmm. um, in terms of how I educate my children to prepare them. Right. Mm -hmm. Because just how do you have the conversation um, that is age appropriate for my mm -hmm. daughter, right. but still gives her this awareness of the realities of the world mm -hmm. that are sad, but now they're in your face and, and I, mommy can't ha hide it from you. Anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And then with my son, who's 24, how do I support him in navigating through his own pain? Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Because he had never seen anything like this before. So between the two of us, we were a hot mess. Right. You know? <laughs> um, and so it's brought us together um, yeah. because we're having real open and honest conversations, which is huge. Yeah. Um, but it's still, we're still in the moment, right? Okay. Because, you know, there's these things that keep happening that remind us of the changes that need to happen, where we need to go, because it's not, there's no, we haven't done all the work yet. Right. Mm -hmm. And so there's going to be these incidents that just remind you of, okay, I got to get back in the game to make a change. I got to yeah. get back in the game. How do I get myself back in the game? And that's really how I'm kind of putting my mind. I need to get my mind in the game. And that's, you know what, right there, get in that, the game. that's the get in the game. And the thing about it is, is I like that you use that analogy because when you're in the game, you're in the game to win. You're motivated, not by fear, but by passion and love for your teammates, for the game itself, you know what I mean? For being on the right side of things and trying to make a difference. And that's kind of what I was talking about earlier because the whole, like I've really, I still, now that I've kind of went through my process, I still, um, I tr I'm definitely trying to limit my exposure, but I feel like it's still important to be aware of what people are saying, especially on the other side and where their mentality is at. I think it's important to keep an eye on that. I feel like I almost feel like a duty to be aware, but I can I know that I, there is a limit that I need to like step back from. But you know, you can't you can no longer with so much time, like you have two kids, you know, Nina, you have a you're a burgeoning career and, you know, you know, a future with your, you know, your, your relationship ready. You have your many podcasts. It's like, we're all on a path doing positive, great things mm -hmm. and taking the time out to try to say to some blowhard, like you're a fucking idiot, bro. And here's why. You realize now that time is of the essence, how much time and energy it takes to try to explain shit to people. And this is the Google age. Just mm -hmm. like anybody could say Google that shit, but guess what? The real information, if you care to find it, is also out there. And there are people who know how to do their own research and are taking it upon themselves to bring themselves up to speed. I'm not doing that work. I'll, if you hire me, I will do it. I will, you will, I will charge you. 
Yeah. But I'm not doing that shit for free anymore. You but you me? see, this is this is the piece, like the research piece. So this mm. is Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I am now now I am curious, more curious about white people. Mm. <laughs> right? So now I'm researching what is it like to be a white person? Sheldon, we gotta to be privileged, right? Yeah. We're way over time, Sheldon. Okay, okay. So we gotta say that. Sorry, let me finish chewing this ice because we're still in the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that was awesome. I think that it was over, but it was great. Very important. But you could have... It's okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. All right, you ready? Sure, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, Ready Fox. Please, don't make me sad. I'm not making you sad, but you should have just wrapped off after Jennifer made her point. I did. I, radio. Okay. Anyways. And ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the program you tuned into. You're tuned in. To hashtag right here live on Vibe 105. We are here, whether or not we are here, every Saturday morning from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. We appreciate your support and continued listenership. Uh, yours truly, Solitaire, joined by DJ Ready Fox. Hello, everybody. Hello again. Uh, no better Nina. Hello, everyone. Hello. <laughs> and special guest, special guest Jennifer Safe. Uh, you know what? I love I, the way in my name. Yes, I listen. Sife. Sife. You know what? It's one of those things, Jen, because I just know you as Jen. Like, how often do we say each other's last names? Okay. It, you know how many? It's funny that that happens because there's so many people that I know for like I'm talking like double digit years, and I don't know their real name. I only know them by their nickname. So <laughs> but they're like, I I know everything about them. Like we're we're great friends, but <clears throat> yeah, it's weird. Anyway. Nevertheless, Jen Sight. Yes. And uh, it's time for our politics as usual discussion, which has uh, multiple parts. But I will let uh, Reddy Fox, Let's. what do you want to start? You want to start with the, the police budget for sure. Oh, yeah. Right? We should just start with that because <clears throat> that was the big news that we were all hoping. We really thought this time around that they would actually do something different. To maybe disapp- make a difference. And yeah. I'm disappointed, but not surprised. Yeah, well, I'm disappointed and I'm surprised because I thought the climate of way everything was going right now, that this would have been the time for them to say, okay, you know what, we're just going to do the right thing. And the they. Pol- you know, it, it, the police are basically, what's the dragon from uh, uh, Game of Thrones? <laughs> They're like, they have this, they have the, 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 lady the prince of the queen of dragons on their side in terms of their influence over the politics of City Hall. Because they, they, they have so much, you know, every year their budget goes up because of their influence. It, it just, so I'm not surprised that it didn't, me. it didn't fall the first time. I can't, I, I need to have an opportunity to talk to John Tory, man. Face to face, one on one. I'm really, let's do. break it down. Let's break it so down. Disgusted. So, so, uh, with the huge defund the police movement that's been sweeping all across North America, it was brought to Toronto City Council to vote, uh, again, uh, to vote for cutting the Toronto police budget and possibly, you know, being able to fund some of these proactive community organizations and mental health organizations to be a re- emergency, re- a part of the emergency response 911 system, in addition to uh, canceling body worn cameras by 2021, that vote was uh, not successful. Uh, the city council voted against those cuts and, uh, yeah, the you know the changes 
Uh, city council voted in favor of a series of reforms that could alter the fu- could alter the future of policing in the city, including the creation of a non-police response team Would have been so for good. mental health calls yep. and a mandate to require all officers to have body cameras, body worn cameras by 2021. Um, it was backed by Councillor Josh Matlow. Look at that. Just two weeks ago, they killed. I forget the man's name. Ijaz or um, Chaudhry. I forget his, yeah, name. That was his name. Yeah. What is the name again? Do you remember? That was it. Ijaz Chaudhry. Yeah. So look right. at that. Perfect example. Nina was talking Perfect about this example. in one of the last uh, episodes about how she wanted to call for help, for professional help, but not the police. Mm. Exactly the situation now where the family even too they they I don't even think they called the police first. I think they had actually called health services, but they have to call the police and they're always the first to show up on scene. What did they do? They went into the house and killed the man. Right. When he had mental health issues and they tried to warn the police ahead of time to say he's not a threat to you guys. He has mental health issues and they still killed him. Mm. And this is so- why we need to take the money from the police and put it into things like CAMH or some other program or some other response unit that can go to situations like that without trigger happy cops that are not prepared for that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, so, I mean, it, it is it, like, and why I say that I'm not surprised is I think this is uh, to, to use the, uh, my, uh, one of my favorite funny analogies when <laughs> back in the day, remember when you used to try to like, uh, knock over like a vending machine to steal the money and the candy. You can never do it in one shot. You had to rock it back and forth. Oh, okay. This to me, this, like the the this you know elephant in the room with the police uh, and the police union and the inf- influence they have over City Hall. I knew it wasn't going to happen in one go, and I think it has to be sustained, consistent pressure over time to see the value and what the alternative is we need new politicians so, so i i am glad that they did vote in form uh they did vote in series of these reforms that could in the future alter the face of policing um they did not uh include uh the targeted reduction of the policing budget which is what uh, most people who were promoting the defund the police movement were hoping for it would have been worth but, like 150 million dollars that could have gone towards all sorts of community things man i know i know i know i know and you uh, didn't you just have a conversation with x the other yeah day yeah too? i did that's right on uh project f word on instagram i spoke to how would uh, that money have helped x. you guys with your endeavors hey listen uh everybody who is in the sector in the community work sector knows uh what <laughs> what could be done with that level of funding. But um, so listen, uh, Toronto Mayor John Tory's motion requiring all officers to have body worn cameras by January 1st did pass by a vote of 17 to 7. Even though there are studies that uh, uh, say that they're not effective in pre- with, uh, you know, in preventing police brutality or in misconduct. But nevertheless, you know, some people feel that it is a waste of money trying to get body cams, as it's been proven time and time again with body cam footage. Uh, police are, you know, suspected of or literally there's, you know, proof evidence of police brutality, but they still manage to get off. So what are the body cameras really doing? They can if turn them, not they, proving they have to be able to not be able to turn them off. They can't have the option of turning them off because then they'll just do it. Yeah. You know that, like they're going to cover them, they're the corrupt ones at least. And sorry, but the good ones don't ever call out the corrupt ones. So I'm just going to assume you're all corrupt. No. So um, yeah. If and they... why is it that they need a like 
I just don't understand. Like, if this is your job, why do you need a camera to do it right to hold you accountable? Like, you're you're scared to do anything wrong because of the camera. But if the camera wasn't there, you'd be acting reckless. You know what I mean? Like, it's forcing them to fake this persona for so long. So it's just like it makes no sense. Yeah, and they should not be able to turn it off. Like, you are while you're on duty, you should not be able to turn your camera off. <laughs> Otherwise, what's the point? That's the uh, yeah. So I mean, we when we uh, when we look forward to future votes on the police budget, at least they, we have the data. At least we have precedent. At least there is things that ha- that have been put in place that can lead towards a more productive conversation towards that end of the future. Can, but, can I ask you guys all, uh, all three of you, and we'll start with Jennifer since she's like a special guest. Um, <laughs> If you were, if you had all the power and mm-hmm. they gave you that whatever $150 million that gets siphoned off of the police budget, they, let's suppose they did the right thing and maybe John Tory actually does care about people, which I don't think you do, but I'm going to assume that maybe you do because you say you do on camera, but then your actions never show it, John Tory, all the same. Mm-hmm. How about this? If you were in charge now, Jennifer or Nina or Solitaire, what would you do with that $150 million? of the 10% that they would have shaved off of the police budget had they decided to do the right thing? Um, do you want me to go first? Yeah, yes. yeah, you're the special guest, man. Yay, special <laughs> guest privileges. Um, honestly, I would invest in um, funding uh, mm. for mental health practitioners, mm. people that are trained to de-escalate, Mm-hmm. People that are trained to provide real service to the community. Um, but I would also invest in, goes back to this research piece, mm-hmm. because money talks and money, they need stats, right, to go mm-hmm. with the money mm-hmm. and the investment. Um, really, of those individuals who the police have brutalized, who the police have killed, who the police have locked up, of those individuals, how many of them were suffering from a mental health deficiency mm-hmm. or... I always go back to Sammy Yatim. That's the first thing my mind right? always jumps to. Right? And and so I think we really need to really recognize um, that our community is very underserviced in respect to that. And we're over-policed because people do not have an understanding of the needs of the community, right? Mm. And so I think there need, there, there, there needs to be money put into research. There needs to uh, money to be put in um, for mental health practitioners, period. Mm. And people that can actually respond without that policing agency behind them, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, because I've seen it in action. I've seen communities policing themselves and it, it's successful and it works. And you rally together as a community and as an organization. Mm-hmm. Um, why we don't practice that on a larger scale, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know, like, just in Durham, like, we're a victim of that as well, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so we talk about Toronto, but there's also these other cities that surround Toronto that are experiencing the very, very same thing. Um, and I think it really just comes down to where are we willing to invest? We have to invest in our communities, so we need to know what our communities need. And, you know, what's happening right now is not what we need. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. Nina. Uh, Yeah. 
Um, yeah. In regards to what Jen said about the mental health stuff, for sure. Um, I think we've seen enough examples that that is definitely something that's needed. And um, I also think a lot of it into or some of it into education as well to implement like education to the younger generations about systemic racism in Canada overall and learning more about that and how it is a reality here. Hmm. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Myself, I think that, you know, re- understanding the process of trying to get such a monumental change implemented, I think uh, this budget, I would propose for it to be done in stages. And part of that budget, I would actually a lot back to the police, but the police themselves can be a part of the solution in that they should have a department within the police that is specifically trained in those skill sets so that they can utilize, if they're concerned about violent offenders, they have police who are trained in de-escalation practices, but that can also be able to secure the situation through force if necessary. And, you know, cultural sensitivity training. I think that part of the budget, there should be a requirement and not like, uh, lip service, you know, you, where you take like drama in high school because you know it's going to be an easy A. Because that's the thing. When they talk about racial sensitivity training, don't forget, they, this has been a part of policy, like, you know, dealing relationships between men and women even. This is something that they've had, you know, you know experts come in and do seminars on. This is not a new concept. It's just that it's really just been a token and not really taken or given gravity or weight with repercussions. Like, no, this is a cultural sensitivity training is a part of your job because you are in, you're policing a multicultural community. If you're not aware of the, of the challenges from the Sikh community versus the black community versus the Muslim community versus the Somali community, if you're not worldly, you shouldn't be a police officer in Toronto. So I would actually allot some of the budget to police, like real meaningful sensitivity training and uh, mental health awareness training. And then the rest of that, I would figure out a way to create a committee that administers to community service work in all aspects because it's a it's a wraparound support. It's you know it's uh, it's proactive in terms of like intercepting young youth who may be uh, at risk of joining a gang or at risk of being homeless. You know, monitoring family situations, monitoring uh, gangs and, and guns in the community. But first responders are actually people from the community who are from the community, you know, like empowering those people to be able to act proactively and be available and not have to worry about applying for grants to continue their work. Because this is a generational problem. It's 10 years minimum. Any policy that is not going to be able to remain stable and and develop itself to be sustainable unto itself without needing consistent funding from the government and from my estimation, you need 10 years investment because you're, you're, you're trying to change people's perspectives, people's lives. And that takes a long time. It's not an easy process. So that'd be my breakdown. What would, you, what would your breakdown be ready? No breakdown for me. We should move on to the next. Uh, well, we should. Topic. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, yeah. This is actually an important one to Toronto and to the world, to everybody. Put on a mask when you're in places, especially indoors. Okay. Like, anyway, we'll get into it. Toronto City Council votes to make masks 
mandatory indoors. Its official uh, masks have worked to help curb the spread of novel coronavirus in other jurisdictions, which residents when residents consistently wear them, and the mandatory mask rule results in a higher uptake. How do you feel about that? We'll Jen. start with Jennifer. Wear a mask. So there you go. I, I think we're all going to be on the same page here, except Nina. Yeah. Nina's the only <laughs> one here that's going to be probably different out of the out of the forest. Oh, Maybe no. we should just start with Nina instead this time. Because Nina, what's up with you and masks, Nina, for real? I just, okay, so this is, <laughs> is going to sound really stupid. You are, you're, you're going to say some dumb stuff right now, aren't you? You're already you're gearing up for it. You, I'm not judging you. Yeah, we all are. We all are. The whole world listening to this radio show First is judging all, you right now. I started wearing masks, but the real reason I wasn't wearing them was because, okay, so I have had really bad acne for a long time, <laughs> and my skin is so sensitive. Yeah. So the second I, I put something on, especially down here, sure. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's going to clog my pores and cause me to get more acne, which I don't need. So what about yeah. the surgical masks? Like the actual, like those oh, ones, yeah. those, those the blue ones? ones, like, no, the blue ones. Like well, that's the one that, that's the one that I wear. They all, they, but they all like, I can definitely relate to that because uh, having sensitive skin, any prolonged contact with something on your face, something as sensitive as the skin on your face, I can understand that. Yeah, yeah but now I started wearing it, so yeah. And have you had yeah. outbreaks? Where does well ask you? Um, I've had a couple come here, but I don't know. It could be also just be like hormones, for all I know. Too. Sure, okay. <laughs> but right. can't really pinpoint it. It could be the well. Chipotle, right? Or my freaking out and like sweating. I don't know. I don't really know what. But point. you're gonna wear a mask, though, right? You're gonna wear a mask. Yeah, and I, some stores like I went to the Toronto Premium Outlets like last week, I think, or the week before, and like there's specific stores in there that say you literally can't enter without a mask. Yeah. So you have to go to the front, the security, and then they come and bring you a mask. And, and then, yeah. I've been seeing a lot of videos from the States of people being asked to wear masks. Obviously they're a little crazier in the States, but uh, just yeah. having complete meltdowns, freakouts over being asked to wear masks. Like it's disgusting. It, yeah, but those, we shouldn't really, kind of... we shouldn't look at the States for this because there are a whole other level of, of stupidity, right. but right. I'm looking here for us now, the fine, Everyone out there, once this goes in effect, um, what was it's it, July seventh? Yeah, yeah, like, do you guys feel this is too hefty though? So a seven hundred and fifty dollar to a thousand dollar fine possibility for violating not wearing masks indoors. Now, I think that I think that the bark is going to be louder than the bite in this situation. Depends on if you're black. Well, I mean, and that's not even going into that perspective, but I think that is more because that level, that drastic level of a fine catches people's attention. Because when I read it, I had to read it twice. I was like, whoa, $750? Look at that. That's what I was thinking. Again, but look, we saw the Trinity Bellwood situation. Right. They only gave out four fines that day but that's what i mean that's why i think it's more meant to to sound drastic than actual or having or they only ticket black people how about that i'm not gonna i listen ready fox i'm not gonna entertain that be, until okay. it happens okay, I, cool. but I will i will not doubt that it will but i'm not gonna anticipate it because that's just a I level of complexity i don't want to anticipate i hope not but but I'm, I'm just saying i'm just saying from pl- that trinity bellwood situation i was just like wow like only four tickets that day and you you saw the crowd I mean, be that as it may, I definitely feel like, you know, with John, just like John Tory said, it's the same thing to me. It's about respecting and protecting each other. If we're trying to aspire to be a community that is concerned about 
other people's safety, the inconvenience of wearing a mask shouldn't be too much to ask during these times. We're all in it together. So why not just put on a mask inside? Because people are selfish. That's why. And, that's, and, and to me, if you are selfish, then you should pay more. Yeah. Well, I, I still think it's excessive. But what do you think, uh, Jennifer? Do you think it's excessive, or like, were you, have you ever struggled? Have you been struggling with the, the whole mask thing, or were you on board right from the jump when the no, pandemic? No, I was hit? on board right from the beginning because um, <laughs> you have children. Because right, and and my thing is, and I'm also out in the community, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm trying to protect the people that I'm serving, as well as I don't know what I'm bringing, um, as well as I don't know what they have, right? So that's mm-hmm. my mind around it. Mm-hmm. And I think that if you are willing to put yourself at risk and other people, then you should pay the fine. Exactly. You know, that, that's that's just my opinion, um, but it's something that I practice, right? Mm-hmm. So let's call let's call it a stupid tax. How about that? <laughs> tax <laughs> or, or a selfish tax that's what that if i wasn't if i was a city councilor that would be my that would be my proposal for the name of this tax it's the selfish tax you cannot wear a mask and go wherever you want but you got to pay 750 dollars every time you get caught right how worried are you guys about the numbers going up like we're very getting, worried getting a second wave type thing like um and have you because you actually sent a funny video to our um whatsapp group uh and it's true because it's funny because it's true that I feel like a lot of us, including myself, have been very more laxed in terms of our cleaning our products and washing our hands and the whole nine that we were so diligent about in the first couple of weeks of March. And I'll put this out to you guys as well again. Like, have you guys still maintained that level of, you know, discipline in terms oh, yeah. of washing oh, things yeah. and everything? Because I haven't. But um, let's mm-hmm. start with uh, Jennifer. Like, and assuming, again, you got children, so you're just going to do it right, right? Yeah, no. And, and you know, it's funny. Um, my poor son, I use him all the time as an example in life. Um, <laughs> but it, it's, I'm, I'm very, I'm very like, you know, stringent because I want to be able to go out of the home. Um, but I don't want to live in fear as well. Right. And I don't want my kids to live in fear. However, there was this, um, time where my son tried to come home and I stopped him at the door. I was like, listen, cause he didn't have on a mask. And that's where I'm worried. These 20 something year olds. I can't wait to, did you listen to that podcast? I sent you Nina. Did you listen to oh. it? No, I didn't, but I sent it to Apollo. Okay. Sorry, that, she delegated. That's my worry. Right. So I'm trying, I, I've maintained right myself. I still, you know, we go, I get um, local food. I support the local businesses. I have a whole system of clean, cleaning the products when they come home and stuff like that. So I've been very, very consistent. Um, and I'm trying to instill that in my son, right? Because mm-hmm. the second wave is coming mm-hmm. and it's going to be his generation that's going to mm-hmm. cause it mm-hmm. because they're going out, they're hanging out, they're getting together, they're doing all these fun things, which I want them to have life. But, mm-hmm. you know, you still have to be precautious, right? I will tell you guys something that will scare the younger generation. Tell us, <laughs> so, please. Scare them straight. <laughs> Because Jen said, Jen's son is only a year younger than me. So, <laughs> so, so my boyfriend's friends, like, they've been getting together, like, a small group of them every now and then. And so a couple weeks ago, they were celebrating uh, one of their friend's birthdays. Thank God my boyfriend did not go. Um, <laughs> but they were celebrating one of their birthdays. And one of the guys there, he was training with a, with a basketball coach. He plays some kind of, some kind of, like, 
professional kind of league in Ontario, whatever. He's training with a basketball coach. The basketball coach was sick. Turns out this guy had COVID. He gave it to the guy whose birthday was. He gave it to his girlfriend. So, like, the, everyone else who went has been in quarantine since last week because they all went to this party and everybody all just got it from the one guy training with his basketball player. See, how's... And he knew his coach was sick. So, like, he just he kept training with him even though he knew the coach That's was just sick. stupidity. That's just dumb. Like, That's just so dumb. dumb. It's just dumb. Yeah, so I was very, like, once I found that out, I was like, whoa. And then he was telling me he knows a couple more people our age who got it as well. And, yeah. I think we're going to see a bump. I think we're going to see a second wave. Yes. I just, I found it funny how quickly people ran to patios. Like, I, that's the one, to me, what gets me there is, like, the drinking and eating from, like, the forks and the cups and the spoons. Like, how do you know how well it was really walking? I know. That's why I stopped eating out once the pandemic really hit hardcore and we were all trapped in our homes. I was cooking for myself every night because I was like, why am I going to go through all these precautions of washing my hands and making sure everything is sterilized in my own environment and then just trust somebody out in the public to prepare food for me? Yeah. I was, I was a little less concerned about that. We did order in some food from time to time because... You know, I maybe it's a little bit of a risk I was willing to take, but at the same time, you feel like the restaurants out there are they don't they don't want to be the ones getting the bad press about having, you know, contaminated food. That's the end for them. So I feel like they've been at least like more diligent than they were before, I'd like to think. But I mean, Mm -hmm. it wasn't terribly a lot of time that we we ordered out, but um, yeah, I did. Definitely did. I, I'm in the same boat too. I'm, I'm unlike you. Ready? Mm-hmm. I don't. Cook. Oh. I don't cook. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you know, I rely on others to you know fulfill those needs. Um, <laughs> but, so, what have you been ordering takeout, or are you guys still keeping it in home, like in terms of preparing no, your meals? We do, like, we do a mix, um, but just based on work schedules, you know, I do rely a lot on um, businesses to provide that for us. Mm. Um, So we were supporting, but we kept it local, right? We kept it local uh, to the restaurants that I service regularly, like Mm. Mm. pre-pandemic. And I was just precautious. That's it. Just cleaning and, you know, that kind of stuff. Wow. But I live to tell the story, so. So We're still here. We're still here. We got to start. We're July 7th, people. Yeah. And I mean, it's not too much to ask, I don't think. I think it's pretty reasonable. You know, I, I will say that. You know, really quickly, I know we're just uh, coming up against the clock, but I know a friend of mine on um, had expressed that she actually wearing a mask gives her anxiety because she has a little bit of claustrophobia and, she, and that makes her anxious in public spaces because she gets short of breath. So we are when we say this, we are definitely want to consider those people who where it is actually a danger to their personal health to have on a mask. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as a matter of fact, for those of you where it's just a minor inconvenience, you should kind of be willing to make that sacrifice on behalf of those people who who would who would wear masks but can't. So don't be selfish, for God's sakes. All right, for your neighbors' sakes, you know, put on a mask, and it, you know, if you don't, you're gonna get a fine. Indoors, indoors, not even outdoors. It's just indoors. So. We will continue uh, to fight this damn virus that has disrupted this whole world, (laughs) Uh, but we will do so with joy and love in our hearts. Uh, Right now, ladies and gentlemen, we got to take a break, pay some bills on Vibe 105. Our listeners there, please uh, stay tuned. For those of y'all listening to the podcast, stay with us. 
Hey, it's podcast time. Curse away, Jennifer. Jennifer, first, <laughs> let's hear some curse words. What is, make up a curse word right now, Jennifer. Make, make, yeah, make up make up a word for the air. A dirty word for the air. You didn't hear her say that she has two oh, impressionable okay. children. Why are you trying to make her random randomly curse? I just want to leave that uh, to us. It's okay for Uncle. It's for it. It's okay for her to say, yeah, Uncle Sa- Uncle Solly has a fucking potty mouth. <laughs> Don't listen to Wait, him. Do you curse around her children? No. Okay. Oh. But I, they know that I curse. I'm a rapper, Reddy Fox. It, there it, are it, many public curses. I've there's issued. a lot of rappers that don't curse. Shout out to uh, Terrence the, Penny. I, I was just going to say. <laughs> Big <laughs> shouts to Terrence Penny. You're a guy. <laughs> Terrence, Penny is, Terrence Penny is my dude. Big <laughs> shouts to Will Smith. Shut Big up. shouts to Will Smith, man. He never curses in his raps. I'm talking about who I am Big and shouts. what I have done. And anytime I've cursed, it has been purposeful. Mm. Okay, so fuck you, Ready Fox. That was How not purposeful. That? that was not. That was a wasted fuck. <laughs> Perhaps so. You Perhaps wasted. So. You just wasted a fuck. I'm telling you that. I, I, you know what I, what I was going to tell you guys in What's terms that? of this whole pandemic and like the new normal and stuff. Mm. So. Okay, I didn't go to the patios right away, but I did go to the nail salon. And you went to the nail salon. Nail yeah, salon, yeah. So I got my nails back. Look at these claws. Ah, Look I at like the talons it. on this girl. <laughs> so basically what it's like now when you go in, well, the one I was at at least, is they take your temperature. Then you have to sign a paper and put your phone number. Then you go to the, they're only taking a certain amount of people a day. And there's a big plexiglass between you and the nail girl. So you just stick your hands through the hole. Oh, wow. do, do you like it or do you like it or do you prefer the old it's, way it's no it's there's it's not really that big of a difference to me um you have to wear a mask um and then yeah and then like you're done and you leave and also i did also briefly stop by um the temple as well so places of worship are slowly opening up and mm-hmm. same thing when you go in you have to sign the paper put your name your phone number um sanitize your hands and at our temples after you do like your prayer and stuff uh, there's like a cafeteria kind of thing downstairs where you, you go eat uh, lunch or whatever, right? So they have like rotis and all that kind of stuff. And um, that, because you can't do that, they've already pre-packaged it in to-go boxes for you at the front that you take on your way out. Dope. So yeah. it's, like, it's really <laughs> weird to like see all these changes happening. Like it's so like, it's yeah. just so weird. Like this is real now. What do you guys and that's- I was going to say that's that's a good thing because a big part of being able to control or you know mediate the uh the curve the spike is contact tracing. So, you know, just to speak to that, just the other day I actually performed with Cardi for Canada Day uh at the, you know, completely refurbished El Macombo in Toronto. It's it's like a phenomenal venue. Um, that just had poor timing for its, uh, you know, for its grand opening. But, you know, with restrictions <laughs> loosening, they um, they had this like a whole day of performances. Yeah, Ready Fox, you all right over there? Yeah. Coughing up a lung. That mic moved it now. The mic that didn't make a difference. COVID, COVID, son. You get no, tested. No, it's just it's that good, good green sun. You know what I'm saying? Okay. okay it hits okay. the back of the lungs. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, man. So they had performances spaced out throughout the day. Uh, so to maintain social distancing, physical distancing between the performers, we got there at like 11 o'clock for a sound check. We had to go in through the back door. Uh, everybody had the same thing, fill out a form. I don't know if you had like a checklist of like, do you have this symptom? Do you have this symptom? Have you been to this place? Have you been ex- possibly exposed? 
and they also took it, which was the first time I took, I had my temperature taken. Cause well, I was how like, did they do the air thing with their, they stick the thing in your yeah, ear. They stick the, the, yeah. ear your, not the ear. No, cause it can't the touch air, you. Yeah, you it can't touch put it at your forehead. Okay. Yeah. And, um, and it was interesting cause it, it was funny. I was talking to a friend of mine and he's like, you know, people are oxy advising, even if you don't have any symptoms to go get tested because you could be asymptomatic. So I walked in there. I was like, Motherfucker, do I have a fever? <laughs> and I don't know. Like, you know what I'm saying? Because you don't really, like, who really checks their temperature to see mm-hmm. if they're, they're, they have a fever? You know what I'm saying? So it's kind of like, it was at that moment, I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to, you know, try to make it a priority in the, in the next few days to, to actually get tested and, and see. Maybe I, maybe I even had it and, and have the antibodies. Like, you just, you don't even, it's so insidious, man. It's scary. It's like man. the predator. Yeah, and and the thing is, the problem and why health officials are so scared is because it's so unpredictable how it affects people. And that's why I was saying just to, like uh, the predator to Nina, listen to that podcast. I think it was the Journal uh, podcast, and in it, they're talking about the spikes in Florida and mm. in all these places that were like, "Yeah, we're gonna open up, fuck it," and they're saying that the spike is among young people and it's impacting like. They do recover quicker because they're stronger and they're younger, but the effect, like they still have to be put on ventilators. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's still, ju- it's still, they're realizing, yo, this shit is serious, man. And you don't know the after, sorry, not to cut you off. No, 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 it's okay. Afterwards, like they were saying, I remember seeing something earlier on about how uh, even if you like survive it, it can still reduce your lung capacity by a good 20 to 30 percent, which is not good for like, I don't know, someone like me who enjoys working out every day or like your your NBA players and the hockey players and all of them who are getting it as well. Like that, that's a really big that's a big thing for me that that's why I'm like, uh, yeah, don't well, no one wants to catch it. But like, yeah, (laughs) And, and that and that's why you put on a mask. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's not just about you. <laughs> it, it, like it, how you connected that. Huh? Right back. Like <laughs> how you connected that, that full circle right back. <laughs> because, it, you know, it's so plain to see to me. And you, and it's funny, There's the, you know, you guys know about, like, gaslighting where people will try to make you think that what you're feeling and what you're seeing isn't real or you're over, you're, you're you know, mm-hmm. you're blowing it out of proportion. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I have to really sit and think to myself, I'm like, am I just, am I, like, just a care bear? Am I being too sensitive? But I'm like, nah, man, because it's not, do I like wearing a mask? Hell no, I don't like, I don't like wearing a mask. Uh, there are parts of it that I do enjoy, though, because you're not as easily recognizable. And sometimes there's been a couple of times where I've seen somebody and I can see that they look in my eyes, but they can't see if it's me. And I just keep it pushing because I'm wearing <laughs> sunglasses, too. So it does have its perks. You kind of do have a little bit of anonymity, especially if you're grocery shopping or whatever. But it's like, man, even when you see and I think what. For me, you feel more confident when you're wearing a mask when you see people who aren't wearing a mask because you're like, it just it just shows you who's who. You're just looking at people, and then now it's safe to say, yeah, you're just nasty. You're either nasty or you're inconsiderate. Mm-hmm. It's really like it's really just like a, a red flag for people to see who cares about others in society and who doesn't. Depending on the context, though, I'm only talking about inside. Outside is a different story. Like if you're walking outside, they're saying that the risk of transmission is possible, but it's like. You know, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculously slow. So anyway, wear a mask, people. And ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the program. You tuned in to Hashtag. As you can already hear, 
we have weekly the greatest conversation on the planet. Your man, Solitaire, yours truly. Uh, Join with my partners, DJ Reddy Fox. Hello. Hello. And uh, No Better Nina. Bonjour. And uh, Ooh, la, guest, la. <laughs> special guest, friend to the show, dear friend of mine, Jennifer Seif is on the program. Uh-huh. Yeah. And now, ladies and gentlemen, we get to stop uh, talking at you about wearing a mask and all sorts of like negative and hard news to talk about. And we get to talk some trash, or not, or just give you some music news. And with that, I will let No Better Nina take it away. Thank you. Yeah. Okay, so um, Pop Smoke has a post, is it posthumous or posthumous? Yeah, posthumous. Post-humus, post-humus, yeah. post-humus. Okay, so Pop Smoke has a posthumous album that's to be released uh, on J- July 3rd, which is Friday. Um, so his first posthumous album is set to be released then, and after being pushed back from its initial release date of June 12th, out of respect for the Black Lives Matter movement. Nice. Um, 2020 has taken a lot of people from us, and if you guys remember, Pop Smoke was one of them. He was murdered back in February in Hollywood hills at the age of 20 20 horrible 20 barely getting his yeah. life started man um so in may pop's label head steven victor did confirm a posthumous album would be released along with a documentary capturing the drill movement and his numerous and pop smoke's numerous run-ins with nypd um but I've always kind of been curious as to whether or not po- posthumous albums really honor the artist and what they would have wanted at the end of the day. Mm. So I stumbled across an article that kind of spoke to this a little bit. Um, and it kind of spoke about how oftentimes when an artist dies, their name becomes nothing but a commodity. So if we look at Tentacion, for example, who was murdered in Florida back in June of 2018, after his death, his music sales rose by 1,603%. His posthumous albums are filled with features from Kanye West, Lil Wayne, Rick Ross, and so many more that his label purposely uses to boost sales. So it kind of brings it back to the commodity thing. Mm-hmm. Um, however, Circles by Mac Miller was a posthumous album that many fans were satisfied with as they felt it gave them what they wanted and respected Mac's intellectual integrity. And plus, most of that album was also finished before Mac's death. An issue that fans have already had with Pop's posthumous album is the cover art that was designed by Virgil Abloh. Um, so I don't know if you guys have seen it. No, I have not. It doesn't look all that great. It looks like it was made on the Microsoft. Oh, so, but you know what? I did see apparently a lot of uh, graphic designers started to do their own yeah. and it turned into a whole thing, right? It, yeah, because it literally just looks like he just took, literally went on Google, searched Pop Smoke, the first image that comes up, took that, and then <laughs> threw in some things over top. No blending or anything was done to make it look cohesive. It was just, oh, God. it was really bad. So after hearing fan, fan feedback on it, Pop's manager, Stephen Victor, decided that it will be changed. Um, 50 Cent, who executive produced the album, also shared tons of fan-made artwork on his Instagram after going in on Virgil. But there is no word yet on what the new cover will look like, and that releases tomorrow, or if you're listening to this are on you, Saturday. Are you, you looking forward to it? Are you going to listen to it, Nina? Uh, I think I will listen to it, yeah. I think I'll definitely listen to it. Um, I, I've listened to one of XXXTentacion's posthumous albums, but he has like two or three. And two or I, three? Like, yeah, like after that, after the first one, I was just like, you could tell it's incomplete. But then the rest, I was just like, I can't. Solid- like, this is weird. Solitaire, how many posthumous Tupac albums are there? 
Oh my god, there's got to be at least ten. <laughs> yeah, all, so... all he, all that guy did was record. Yeah, I know, but I, 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 I didn't keep track of how many albums came out after yeah, he passed out. Lot. Like, I'm, I'm, I might be exaggerating, out. but it very well is plausible that it's ten. It it's just 10. one big so album. Weird. Why is it yeah. weird to you? I don't know. It's just weird because it's like they're dead. And like mm-hmm. you're listening to them, and then I know with X, a couple of his albums because it was like unfinished stuff. They used computer technology, or whatever, to to make his voice sound like his voice when it wasn't really done and stuff. Like I don't know, it was just very weird. But I wanted to know what you guys think about posthumous albums. Like, do you guys respect them? Um, or sure. are you here for them or not yeah, yeah. here for them? It all depends on the artist. It all yeah. depends on the artist. Because right now, I we know all for a fact that Prince has 1,000 songs in a vault somewhere. Yeah. So anytime that gets sorted out and that music gets released, you'd best believe I'm going to listen to every single one of those albums, whatever comes out, any Prince album that comes out after his passing. Because he was also yeah. recording day... Like, he, would, he literally had a studio. He played all the instruments. So there is probably who knows how many unheard Prince albums sitting in that house somewhere. Like, you know what I mean? So print, mm-hmm. it all depends on the artist for me. Uh, Jennifer. You know, it, I don't know um, this artist that you're talking about. <laughs> you're not a Pop Smoke fan, Jennifer. You were, you were turning uh, up with the Pop Smoke. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh. oh I'm a 90s girl. Um, but I really, it, it depends on the artist. Like, I mean, if any of the artists come out with anything, um, you know, that they kept in the vaults or the unfinished pieces, with the family's blessing, I would love to listen to it after they pass. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a part of their legacy. Yeah. And um, I just don't like it when it seems like the surviving family is trying to exploit. Yeah, so they make their name a commodity, basically. Well, yeah. I, that seemed like what was happening more so with like Elvis's stuff, like Presley, mm-hmm. especially mm-hmm. the family there, whatever, whoever was still attached to him. Uh, the whole Graceland thing, I think, was just a whole debacle. But I'm trying to think of a black artist who's passed away, whose family has kind of been obviously trying to take advantage of their legacy. I can't really think of any at the moment right now. The closest maybe you might think of is Michael Jackson. But again, his family is still so popular on their own, especially Janet, that they right. really wouldn't need to exploit Michael's you know, legacy, I don't think. But um, I can only think of passed away white artists for the most part. But going back to Prince... I don't think he had a will, right? He, yeah, I think he died before he. he I don't think he, he had uh, a will. I don't think that's he had why. His... If I if I'm oh. uh, if I forgive me if I'm incorrect, but I remember initially Jay Z had talking about he had a conversation with Prince before he died and had and Prince had given um, the master title title exclusive rights over his unreleased material, and then I think the label ended up usurping that after he died because he didn't have the legalities in place right okay that's i can't believe prince of all people man anyways nina is there more music news moving on oh Oh, yeah i was going to say thanks sorry sorry (laughs) i completely forgot sorry go bro i was gonna say first of all i googled his artwork and it i want to just make this comment sometimes this uh, i maybe i just don't have an eye for fashion or design but the fact that this Virgil Abloh is, you know, the lead designer for Louis Vuitton and he's at all these accolades and, you know, some of the stuff I think is dope, but it's like, sometimes I look at some of the stuff that these people do. I'm like, yo, there's, there's people, there's people in the hood in Toronto, all over the city that have way hotter stuff than this. Like what makes 
him, Louis Vuitton, or even I'm not even I'm not even specifically talking about Virgil, but just even like mm-hmm. Louis Vuitton stuff it on its own without Virgil, like. All this stuff is sometimes I look at it, I'm like, yo, it only people only like it because it's expensive and other and regular people, quote unquote, can't afford to buy it. Yeah. It's it's nonsense to me. The artwork definitely <laughs> looks like so foolish and it's just so random. Yeah. And it's I know he, no, Yeah. Go. I know he got a big check for it too. It's just ridiculous. But yeah. As for the as for the posthumous albums. Uh, I'm not mad at the families uh, exploiting it as long as the families were involved and had a relationship with them before the artist passed away. By all means, make it a commodity. Why should you not be able to live off of your the legacy of your of your children? Um, as long as it's not like you know you didn't really have a relationship, but now that they're passed away, you want to kind of have a money grab. Mm-hmm. Um, I think. You know, Tupac having 10 albums and then uh, somebody like Notorious B.I.G. having essentially released two albums and then Diddy released like seven albums of the same songs remixed over and over again. That I find a little, you know, off-putting and distasteful because now you're deliberately just trying to utilize the catalog to continue to make money which is a, perhaps a shrewd business business move because it's you know he owns the intellectual property but it's in bad taste unless that money again is going back to take care of his family which i would hope that it is i don't know i'm not going to make that assumption but yeah i'm so okay me, with it yeah but let me ask you guys something quickly before we move on to the next story um because remember we've spoken about um like holographic concerts of artists so that's like, weird that's weird mm-hmm. But that's so. What's the difference to you guys between the holographic artists and the and the? Let's say okay. So let's not say like they're all their old recordings, but let's say for someone like X, where they're using the technology to remake their voice and release more albums as if it's that person. What's the difference to you guys between that and the holograph concert? To me, it's the same thing. The 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 technology of recreating the artist's voice and like just basically writing new material in that voice. That's yeah. insidious to me. I'm not down with that. The hologram, yeah. the hologram, uh, hologram concert is weird to me. It's a little morbid, but again, I think it's in poor taste, utterly for, poor taste, the hologram thing. It's gross. <laughs> it is. Why is, is that, that why you cut me off? I'm sorry. I just had to say it. I'm sorry. It's, it's disgusting. It's disgusting. <laughs> but go on. Yeah, you didn't get a chance to say that on your own. <laughs> um, but I was saying, like, I, it's, it's, it is morbid. To, it's just weird to me. But, again, if the family mm-hmm. had a relationship with the artist and they're benefiting from it, I, I, you know, it's not my, it's not up to me at that point. It's like, if you, if you do want to go and see it, then, you know, that's on you. And it, it, as long as I'm all about the right people benefiting from it and for the right reasons. It's Jennifer's time. Oh, okay. I'm trying to think of something. See, I don't think it's morbid. Hmm. Hologram, think... hologram concerts. Well, it depends. It depends. It depends. Right. Okay. <laughs> And who it is, what the artist is. I'm just trying to think of like Nat King Cole, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I remember they used to play a lot of Nat King Cole songs with his daughter, mm-hmm. and they used to have him 
And that, to me, that just gave me like that feeling of nostalgia. You know what I mean? And right. to me, that was done in good taste. It was father and daughter singing on stage together. It was done in very, very good taste. And really, that's the only example I could draw upon. I think there was like a TLC concert mm. and they had Left Eye. Mm. Um, that one was a little weird, <laughs> um, you know, um, but I don't really, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what to draw on from this one. Hmm. So that's with, a good point. Yeah, that's so good if point, they though. did a Whitney Houston hologram North America tour, would you go to it, Jennifer? I wouldn't go to it. <laughs> a waste of money. It, hmm. The reason being is because it, it's the nature of her death. And see, that's that because I have an awareness, right? Hmm. Um, how she died, her life history. I watched the, you know, that Netflix documentary. Um, so it's just, it's a sadder is a sadder memory that I have of that. But now what about somebody that maybe doesn't have that memory, but now they want their kids to be able to see this artist that they love so much. Yeah. And now this is an opportunity to bring your kids and say like, better than watching a YouTube video, like come and. And see, that's, that's it. Right. So that's why I'm saying it, it depends on the artist. It depends on the nature of the production. It depends, it depends on so much. Like I can't say black and white. No, because I think when it is done tastefully, I think, um, you know, it could just help, you know, develop their legacy, really, right? Mm -hmm. I'm sharing the memory with my child. Mm -hmm. I'm sharing the memory, you know, with my family. I like that piece. I don't think that when, I think, I don't think, I think watching the YouTube video and seeing the hologram is the same thing. It's not the person. But I mean, you're talking about a, like, a going to a live venue to watch mm -hmm. a hologram. I'm not, I'm not, again, for me, I'm not against necessarily the hologram. I, I think I'm pretty clear, I've been pretty clear on that. I, I wouldn't go to a hologram concert unless it was like, I guess, I can't remember when they first did the Tupac hologram or whatever. It was who like brought, 2012, I think, Coachella. Who, who brought him out? Who brought <laughs> it out? Uh, I, I can't remember. I can't remember who brought him out. But I mean, like, if it's a part of a concert like that, like of a live artist, and there's a segment where you have like, you know, you know, somebody who's like maybe Dre does brings out the hologram of Tupac to do California Love or something like that. Or mm -hmm. like Jen's example, Nat King Cole and Natalie Cole. Like that's beautiful because again, that's his daughter. Like, you know what I mean? There's there is no morbid thoughts in there because it's literally something that they did while they were alive or got the opportunity to do while they were alive. So um, yeah, uh, it's, it's just weird. I, w I don't, I can't see myself paying money to go watch an entire, yeah. uh, uh, hologram Whitney Houston concert. Right. Yeah. Ready. Do you want to say something quickly? No, no, I'm good. I'm good. Okay. Um, all right. So next story. Uh, so Justin Bieber, I don't know if you guys have seen, uh, has this been, is crazy. this is crazy. Yep. I did not hear about uh, this. Accused of sexual assault in 2014 and 2015. So a rumor spread online that Justin sexually assaulted a girl in 2014 in Austin, Texas, after performing at SXSW. Um, the person who goes by Danielle took to Twitter in the now deleted tweets to say that she was invited to meet Justin after his show and then was invited to the Four Seasons on March 9th. She says she consented to kissing Justin, but then he allegedly raped her. Bieber took to Twitter to respond, claiming that there was no truth to the stories and even provided receipts of pictures of him with his then-girlfriend, Selena Gomez, after the show and receipts of where he stayed and when, none of which happened to be the Four Seasons. 
he claims that Danielle's story is fabricated because it was made public that he did go to the restaurant at the Four Seasons on March 10th for dinner, but didn't stay there. Justin concluded his thread of receipts by saying that he will be working with Twitter and the authorities to take legal action. And Justin is now following through with a $20 million lawsuit for defamation that Whoa. also takes aim at another woman by the name of Caddy, who he just so happens to follow on Twitter, who claims Justin sexually assaulted her in 2015 in New York. Caddy says that she was waiting outside Justin's hotel when she was approached by his bodyguard at the time and then later invited up to Justin's room where he allegedly forced himself oh, on boy. her. So uh, I want to know, considering he addressed it all kind of via Twitter and had all these receipts, like he literally had receipts of the hotel, um, his alias name, like all that stuff, uh, and just screenshots of everything. Do you guys think it was smart of him to address these rumors the way that he did um, on Twitter with all those receipts? Jenny first. <laughs> first. Can you tell I had something to say? I was like, <gasps> yeah. <laughs> yeah. First of all, can I just ask, are you, are you a Bieber fan, Jennifer? I am a Bieber fan. Good for I you. Good for you. Fan. I put that disclaimer. Can I just say, because I feel like people crap on him unnecessarily and i don't think people still wow. actually respect how talented he is You're and talented. it's just it's, he's an easy target to make fun of and mm-hmm. um yeah as, as much of the problems he's had he's a great artist so i just wanted to ask you that because it's like the nickelback thing i don't get it sometimes but okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um but i i would never tell anybody how to manage their feelings right um, he's a celebrity. He does have a, a wider audience. And I think that him putting it out there for the world to see, he needed that. He needed he needed to be able to prove his innocence, right? So I would never say that was right or wrong. I think that's what he needed to do. Um, and I don't know what I'd do if I was in his position, right? Because that that that's a make or break you. That is carries on with you. That's his name soiled forever and ever, you yeah. know? Um, and I think that's huge. And I think, I think there should be investigation. I think there should be consequences for things like this, right? Because it also takes away for those women who are, are sharing their truth, right? Yeah. So there has to be some sort of recourse. I feel that's my opinion. Yeah. Um, and my heart breaks for those individuals that are wrongly accused because there are men mm-hmm. who are accused that get locked up based on the word of, you know, the people that say they were victimized when they weren't. Um, so I really, yeah, I, I think there should be some sort of consequence. Investigation. Sorry, who? Ready, you. On, well, you know what? Honestly, I don't know. Like, um, these cases, I don't know. Sol- solitaire, I think you should go. Or, well, actually, Nina, what do you think, actually? I think that he had to address it the way that he did, because if he didn't say anything, it would look like he did it or he's saying he didn't do it. I don't, I don't know if what's true, what's not true, but if he didn't say anything, it would look like he was guilty of these right. alleged crimes or would, these alleged Would you think he's guilty if he didn't say anything though, Nina? Uh, yes and no. I guess for me, it's kind of a bias because like I was 13, 14, like jumping up and down at his concerts and stuff when he was just around the same age. So like, for me, it's like, I knew him as not knew him, but like, listen to him as this little boy. Right. Right. Like, bro, like, you know, I, I don't think of it like that, but at the same time, like, like Jen was saying, like, if these stories aren't true, that does make it 
a lot harder for other girls who have been in these positions by other celebrities or regular people to come forward and share their experiences because then people are going to say, oh, well, remember that time when the girl said it about Justin Bieber and it wasn't true? Well, yeah, but again, okay. the Me Too movement was never going to be perfect. And it's still, I think it's done more good than bad for the few cases that we've had where the women weren't necessarily in the right. Like, I always go back to the Aziz and Zari thing because to me, that was the worst out of all of them. Mm-hmm. That was just mm-hmm. a bad date. And this girl pretty much almost submarined the guy's career, right? So, But those are the warts that I think the movement or any movement is going to have. And remember, I've said this before about the whole pendulum swing. It's going to swing a little back and forth before we get to a new equilibrium where hopefully Mm -hmm. it'll be better for women, right? So this might be one of those bad swings in the wrong direction. So, Solitaire? I think that that it's a, it's a, it's a, it's, you know, three sides to every story. And the same way I believe in the absolute right of women to be able to speak their truth, I'm glad that, you know, there are women like yourself, uh, Jen and Nina, who do acknowledge the fact that there are women out there, a, a, a minuscule amount of women out there who do report false claims of being abused or raped by a celebrity. Um, I'm always hyper vigilant about pushing back on that narrative among my male, my male friends. Cause I'm like, yeah, it happens, but in no way, shape or form, are you going to use that as a counter argument to the amount of men that physically, verbally, mentally, spiritually abuse women? So I don't want to hear that counter argument. I will acknowledge it as a fact that it happens. So that being said, I'm glad that he kept his receipts in terms of, you know, really trying to clear his name. It shows that that level of commitment to clearing his name kind of, I think, says something. Uh, yeah. But let the let the truth come out. I think that they're both entitled to their voices. But if it's found that they were manufacturing this story, there needs to be serious repercussions for that as well. Possibly jail time to kind of deter that kind of stuff from happening more often. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of my next question, but I kind of want to get into this. So Apollo and I were speaking on this, um, and Apollo seems to think that this will set a precedent in false sexual assault cases to come. Um, because, you know, oftentimes we've seen the cases of um, Black men who were falsely accused by um, white women uh, about being raped, and mm-hmm. these Black men end up getting time. And whereas nothing actually happened. So now that this is a white man who is allegedly being falsely accused, do you guys feel like if it turns out this was a false accusation, this could set a precedent for consequences of of other women in the future who fabricate these stories for this kind of purpose? Jen? In the context of Black men, I think the system is too far behind um, mm-hmm. that it won't really have an impact. I think... However, the, the balances in, in the court system weighs justice, um, mm-hmm. continue to, to do it the same way it's been doing it for years and whatever have you. Um, and that's unfortunate. Um, I really don't think it will have that big of an impact. That's, you know, yeah, just what I'm thinking. Yeah, me Ready? too. I agree. I agree with Jennifer. I don't think, no, it's gonna, no. I don't think there's going to be any uh, major change from that. No precedent set, unfortunately. I, I hope that uh, if uh, if it is a false accusation, there should be some kind of repercussions for that to kind of 
address that issue because that's what men will always say. You know, women lie. You know, women are liars, and and it's like, you know, there's no, there really is very little examples of of, of a woman who lies and benefits from it. So, you know, we'll continue yeah. to to be vigilant about each situation as it comes about and try to wait for the full story, the full facts of the story. Because at the end mm-hmm. of the day, we're only getting two sides. Uh, yeah. You know, so I think I just wanted to add something though, Nina. I think what it will change is that, you know, people of his level of celebrity start to keep those receipts, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's what will change. You know, people are going to have this heightened awareness of the possibility, you know? Exactly. Yeah. I think, um, I think if it is a false accusation, I know we're um, running up against the clock, but Mm -hmm. if it is a false accusation, um, um, I do think it will set a precedent for white men who are falsely accused by these women. But um, so I think that that will kind of set some sort of precedent in terms of these women becoming punished in whatever way. But I don't I think for black men, it's going to take a long, 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 oh, long yeah. time before it gets to that point for them. Oh, yeah. So unfortunately, yeah. yeah, but that is all we have for music news this week. Matt, thank you, Nina, for uh, curating a wonderful news segment. <laughs> so, so lovely of you, Nina. Thank you. So lovely. Uh, <laughs> those of you, uh, all of our uh, loyal hashtag listeners on Vibe 105, stay tuned. we got to pay some bills. And for those of you listening to the podcast, stay with us. Indeed. Yeah. I, listen, I, I, this is a time... Uh, really quickly, before I just uh, go back, dive back into this Justin Bieber thing... Mm-hmm. Uh, when we come back from the break, ready, we'll do, we'll talk to Jen a little bit about what she's doing, and then we go into uh, No Better Take, right? Correct. Okay, yeah. cool. Um, so, yeah, I think you're right, man. It's, I, when I talk to my male friends Amazing. about this issue, and I talk to them about, like, they're like, aren't you worried? Like, you know, uh, they've all kind of had stories where they've had a friend or, or even personally had a woman who lied about something that happened and they were fortunate that it didn't actually escalate to, you know, being formally charged or whatever. And I say, and they're like, aren't you worried about that happening to you? And I'm like, no, because if it were to happen, it would be a lie. And if, I mean, it would be shitty in terms of having to go through the process of proving myself. But in my life, I know that, I have conducted myself in a way where the people that I have professional and personal relationships with will see that, will clearly see that this accusation would be far out of character for who I am. And I'm not going to operate from a perspective of I'm afraid of how a woman interprets a gesture or something I say or or a come on. I'm just not going to do it. I'm not going to do it in a professional environment. I'm not going to do it with a woman I just met. There are social environments where it's acceptable to interact maybe in a flirtatious way. And you, you pick your spots, you pick your moments. Like you're, if you're self-aware and you're not socially awkward, you're going to know when it's appropriate to, in a like a, you know, casual, possibly flirtatious interest versus a professional one. So I don't operate from fear of, th- of that happening to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to say something and now I forgot. Oh, it's because what I said was so profound. Yes, it was so mind. profound. Yeah. <laughs> no, there really was. I don't remember what it was. It was something good. <laughs> but Jen, like you, you, you speaking out about that too is like, you know, I'm, 
I'm uh, I'm I'm glad to hear, and I think you know I don't definitely don't think you're the only one. I think women definitely get it, but it's like it's kind of like the whole Black Lives Matter, uh, All Lives Matter kind of thing. It's like yeah, we know that there's there's women who lie, men lie, women lie. You know, men lie to other men. They lie on their friend. They lie on girls. Girls lie on guys. They lie to their friends. Like that's that's not a justifiable you know retort to the significant <laughs> skewing of who's abusing who in this relation in right. this, you know in the battle of the sexes mm-hmm. yeah I, oh sorry go ahead Jen oh no go ahead no no I just like I agree with that and I think it's because um I I had to have an awareness of that specifically mm. raising a boy specifically mm. raising a black man um that you need, you need to have an awareness of this right, right. so yeah. it could be very innocent yeah. from your perspective but optically, what does that look like? Mm-hmm. From their perspective, what does that look like? So just being aware of the whole picture and what you're putting in that picture, it yeah. you have to be. You have to be conscious of it. You can't just, you know, walk blindly. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah. Um, but it, it, it saddens me that it happens, but it does happen. You know what I mean? And that's just the nature of the beast. We're humans, mm-hmm. right? This is how humans behave, right? Yeah. I would just love yeah. to, yeah, I would just love to speak to, a girl like I know I've seen cases myself on Twitter of like girls who have lied about it and stuff and I would just love to speak to one of them and find out what is your purpose in doing this what are you getting out of this other than okay he broke up with me now I'm mad so I'm gonna lie and say that he raped me like what do you really get out of that the person (laughs) gets in trouble but what does it do for you Nina as a Scorpio you know what the reason is revenge you have to live with that guilt for the rest of your life when you're ang- when you act from a place of anger, it usually results in regret. That's just the way that it is. And that's why coping with anger is there's a there's literally people who have a career in helping people to cope with their anger so that they don't make bad judgments in the heat of you know being feeling like you've been slighted or whatever. It, that's what it is, man. It's just it's just pure unfettered you know, revenge fantasies. I'm going to make this person pay and there's probably a little bit of financial incentive there too. God. Jen, what were you going to say? I See, I, I'm i questioning what I'm going to say. Because, you know, also too, I think that there's a piece, okay, there's people that are blatantly malicious that mm-hmm. are like, I'm coming for you. Mm-hmm. And then I think there are those people that are just unwell, right? Yeah. And so how they perceive the interaction isn't how the interaction went down and they can't get over that piece. Yeah. So I think it's a mix. Um, You know, some people just don't know any better. Mm. um, So they don't do any better. Um, And I think that's also mental health. Maybe I'm not a mental health practitioner, but I think, you know, that might have a layer to that. Um, But I wouldn't say every case is malicious. Mm. I think that, you know, each situation is different, you know, it's all based on people's experiences, but at the end of the day, you have to be careful, right? <laughs> and you have to do right. Be extra to, careful. Yeah. You have to do right. You just mm. have to walk with good intention, period. Ready. You always talk about never, never, never dating anybody that you work with. Has that changed? How is your uh, it hasn't, philosophy different on it, that? doesn't change per se but i guess it has changed just because i did meet a coworker that i was willing to break that rule for so i guess if i met someone once and was willing to break it i guess i can't ever say that i would never break it right so nina 
You were yeah. a witness. Didn't I not say that th- it is possible to be done? Did yeah, I but, that, but you, literally, you literally have to meet Wonder Woman for that to happen, though. Like so, It's possible, yeah. though. And, and, and what do you do in that situation? Do you, you, you shoot try to, shot you try, or you yeah, throw you, away? You try to steal her lasso from her and rope her up, man. Like, <laughs> is that what you just... did, Freddie, or did you just let it be? Well, <laughs> Wonder Woman is pretty strong, so you can't just steal a rope from her, right? <laughs> I like the analogy. You, you can't just steal a rope from her. She's going she's gonna to defend herself. So, yeah, it's one of those things. Right. I have to tell you, I have a Wonder Woman bathing suit on my bed right now. Oh, do you? <laughs> okay, there you go. There you go. You know what's up. Jennifer knows what's up. That's why you can come back, Jennifer. That's why you can come back. Oh come on! Listen, yeah, I, man. listen, yeah, man. Yeah, but well. I, it's 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 sad, but yeah, just you got to be vigilant, man. And it, it just is what it is. And you know, if yeah. a situation comes up and you know people misinterpret uh, the interaction, it's part of life. I just I don't fear it because it's just not in my nature to do that. I pretty much primarily. Oh, and it, let me just say that that happened a very very long time ago. Nothing recent. So, but oh. I did I did break the rule once, but oh. a long time ago. But it, not recent though. I just want to make sure. Yeah, I'm just gonna just gonna make that clear for now, though. That's all. <laughs> what were you gonna say, Nina? You broke the rule. No, I was saying, how come he never mentioned it before when we used to talk about the workplace thing? Don't worry, don't worry about that. Because it didn't support his argument. No, no, that's not the reason. Never mind. Can we just move on? Can we just move on, please? Okay, but um, yeah, I, 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 I um, I'm happy to be. Uh, I work with women all the time. Uh, and I work with women who have gone through some pretty tough life situations, and that has added a layer of understanding and empathy to the cause. And that's why, you know, there's certain things you, you're able to speak upon unapologetically. And some of my men friends, they actually call me, what's the name of that uh, famous feminist? Um, what's her name? Uh, I can't remember her name, but they kind of tease Whoopi me. Whoopi Goldberg. Say, Not Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> <laughs> She's a famous feminist. Anyway, but they're like, they would, they would tease me and call me by her name anytime I speak out about Whoopi. women's issues. And I'm yeah. like, you know what? That's fine. I, I, can, I can live with that because I know in my heart that I'm speaking from the right side and of, of this, of this Ooh, argument. Speaking from the white side, Whoopi. Ooh. The right side, not Ooh. the white side. Ooh, whatever, Whoopi. Embrace it, Sheldon. Embrace it. Okay, can we Ready? start Why? radio, please? Why is Ready coming for me? I don't know. Because you're, right. you're, you're frustrating me with the, the timing tonight. That's why. <laughs> and we're back ladies and gentlemen welcome back to the program you're tuned in to hashtag right here on vibe 105 yours truly solitaire i am joined by my compatriots uh ready fox i'm gonna apologize on the radio no for, no need to apologize messing up your timing don't worry about all that that's okay uh <laughs> dj ready fox um no better nina and jennifer Seif are joining us on the program today she's hey, a special jennifer. guest and let's take some time out to find out a little bit more y'all have been listening to the program you obviously know why we've invited her onto the program that's abundantly clear so now let's get a little bit of background about who this enigma jen Seif is maybe can, you could you know start can, a little bit can i ask her Real quick, first before she starts, though, just how was it for you guys, uh, Jennifer, for your uh, adjustment to life, just with the whole um, going into quarantine thing? Just before we get into your background and all that, just for more recent, just what was the adjustment like for you guys working from home and with the kids and the whole nine? Like, did you guys go a little stir crazy after a month, or what was it like? Well, the first week was great because uh, it was March break, right? <laughs> so it didn't hit me because I still felt I was on break, right? And we didn't hear anything. We thought we were going to go back into school. Um, and then it wasn't until the Sunday 
before that Monday, mm. when I realized I was going to still be at home, then it hit me mm. because there was no schedule. Mm. I didn't know what the day was going to look like. Um, and then there was stress just in every sphere of my life. Oh, no. So it was, it was, it was heavy. And it took me a week to kind of figure out a system, mm. right, for myself and my family. So it was pretty crazy. It was honestly pretty crazy. When did you guys get into your system settling into it? Like maybe after what, uh, three weeks, four weeks or? I say after two weeks. Okay. I say after two weeks. So it would have been three weeks for people that aren't within the school system because I had the March break. Mm. Um, so, yeah. About three weeks, solid, solid three weeks. And you guys are good now. You're humming. It's a well-oiled machine now there, right? Yeah. Ah, ah. So this is the way, this is the deal. So it's like you get a rhythm, right? So there's a rhythm and then something throws off the rhythm and then it goes down and then you have to pick it back up and get a rhythm again, right? So it's up and down, up and down, right? Um, so nothing's ever perfect. If I, you know, I would never, if I said that, I would be lying, but um, you just get a rhythm that fits. Yeah. So right now, this week, we've been in rhythm, right? Next Great. week, I'll have to wait till Monday. <laughs> but, you know, this yeah. week has been a good week, you yeah. know, That's for good. the most part. That's good. So, um, so Jen, you know, you were telling us, you're telling, well, myself, I know, but you're just sharing with Reddy Fox and Nina a little bit about, you know, we've been friends for, you know, decades at this point, legit. And, um, <laughs> You know, watching our, our you know, each other as young, you know, young fighters going out into the world, just dealing with uh, dealing with life as it came to us, to seeing where you are right now, and where I'm at right now, and the influence that we have in terms of like affecting our communities in really, you know, positive <laughs> and progressive ways. You can just, you know, just give a brief, you know, story about where you came from and, and where you're at right now. Just uh, you know, the, the synopsis. Okay, well, I could start from the challenge, right? So the mm -hmm. challenge was um, my teenagehood, right? Mm -hmm. And that was my struggle with my identity. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that evolved into me making some choices and taking the scenic route of life. So I'm never straight. Mm -hmm. I never take a straight path. I always am very scenic. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I had my son when I was 19. Mm -hmm. And he was the catalyst for change in my mind on what I wanted for myself, um, the potential that I saw in myself. Mm -hmm. um, but I wasn't able to see it by myself. It took a community to unite and stand behind me and beside me and in front of me um, to hold me up. Mm -hmm. And I never knew the value of chosen family. You know, people that you choose to be in your court to support you. Um, I, I just didn't see the value until it started to reap its rewards. Like, you know, being able to be humble and say, I need help. Mm -hmm. um, and people actually helping you because they just loved you or they mm -hmm. wanted the best for you or they saw the best in you, even when you didn't see it yourself. And I think that's what I got from you. Actually, that's what I know I got from you mm. um, and your boys and my girls. Yeah. Um, without that community, I wouldn't have survived it. Wow. Um, without that community, I wouldn't have been elevated to feel proud and pride and self-worth. Mm. Um, and I think that stays with me. That stays with me because I see in the communities that I service 
there are people that are not given that belief in themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why I feel it's like my duty to give that and to show that and to nurture that. Um, preach, preach, and, and preach. That, and that's honestly, that's just, you know, that's, that's just my focus. I feel mm-hmm. like I, people have invested in me so much of themselves mm-hmm. and I can't always be a taker. I have to be a giver. Right. Mm-hmm. And I can't be a pylon watching what's happening around me. I have to be active. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of how I operate. Um, and it doesn't matter the task. It doesn't matter what anybody needs. I try to make myself available. Then no people say, Oh, you're busy. You're busy. You're busy. And I go, no, in actuality, I prioritize. Mm-hmm. And if I feel that you are a priority, I'm going to be there for you. Yeah. And that's the way it is. Cause you know? you're a good person. I, I try to be, I try to be, I really do try to be, and it's, you know, I'm not perfect and I'm not without, you know, faults. Um, but I really try to consciously give back, you know, you, you know, my favorite part about you, Jen, because you know how there's good people, but they may not necessarily have the coolest personalities or they're a curmudgeon or, or whatever. Socially awkward. Jen is loving and cool i almost cursed right. like it was a podcast yeah no, that's, allowed. How, that's how much allowed. i wanted to say but you know what i mean like I know what you want to say engaging, now, yeah. that's and that's what i mean like the, I'm, I'm so glad you highlighted it as chosen family because i pride myself anybody anytime i like i scoff at new people i'm like do you know the value of the people that are in my circle you don't just get to enter you're a snob without, oh yeah <laughs> I, I am absolutely you are a, snob. a snob that's not good but hear me hear me what i'm saying too i'm talking about letting people into your network of people because i protect my people from bad vibes and people who have ill intent man like it's a real thing you don't when people say don't don't, don't kill my vibe like i take that serious and mm-hmm. you know jen has been part of that network even though there's been like years apart where we haven't necessarily been in contact right but you know it's a real one when you do catch up it's like oh yeah you're the same person because that's who you are we never really lost time you just went off and experienced life, but you're still who you are. Right. You know what I'm saying? And um, But now your life's journey is taking you to doing incredible work in the community and school. So maybe just kind of tell them about the, the hats that you wear now. Uh, well, some of the hats I wear, I'm so I'm an interpreter, a sign language interpreter. Wow. I didn't even know that. See, I didn't even know that. That's crazy. You didn't know that. Okay. No, I didn't. I didn't even know I'm that. I'm a sign language interpreter. I'm an educator, an adult educator. Um, I'm a local OSSTF union president. Um, I'm a researcher, uh, community volunteer and community activist. So I went to um, a women's uh, networking workshop. And uh, I've always, as I said, I've always had a problem kind of defining myself. And I don't like to define myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and somebody said this phrase, you're actually a slasher. You're this slash, this, this. But I said, that doesn't look good on a resume. I'm a slasher. So, you know, it's just, I like helping people really. Yeah. You're a connector. I I like the, I I kind of like the name slasher too, because it's kind of like counterculture. Like, yeah, I'm a slasher. I'm a slasher. Yeah. Can I ask, can I ask you, Jennifer, a question though, like in terms of um, like, are you still doing mindfulness teaching? I am. But I'm practicing more on myself okay. Okay. and actually um, working with others. So what I typically do, I work with youth um, and one of the components is mindfulness, right? So just being present, um, being focused, knowing your goals, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's something that I do just innately. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not structured where it was before. Okay. Um, and I think it's because of the time, right? Mm-hmm. We need each other. Okay. So it's not like this downward teaching. It's we got to do this together. Be mindful together. Okay. How long have you been doing the uh, English uh, sign language interpreting? Because that seems like... Of all the things, it's a visual thing to have to learn how to do, but you still need to learn a new language at the same time almost when you're <laughs> learning it. So how long have you been doing that for? And Twelve years. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. And mm-hmm. it's, it seems like it's a challenging thing to learn. What got you into it in the first place? Um, well, I'm not good at science and I'm not good at math. Okay, it's just fair enough. <laughs> oh, this, the disclaimer is nice. I like that. Yeah. Okay. So languages is just, it's always been my strength. So, you know, I speak French. Um, so, so I'm very, you know, languages come very, very easy for me. Um, and I was in the corporate world. So I studied um, linguistics um, when I was at York. So what that means is I know how to break apart Klingon, right? That we studied Klingon. And right. <laughs> um, so I went into the corporate world. Kapla, in- by the way, Kapla. Yeah. Oh Lord! Yeah, hey man, listen. I watched Star <laughs> Trek. I, yeah. I watched. I watched Star Trek. What can I say? <laughs> it's a whole language, you know. It is a whole language. You guys don't understand. It's a. It's a for real language, eh? Just saying. I don't want to. Sorry, you guys. Thank you. Yeah, me yeah. either. The Scorpio in me sees the Scorpio in you. Yeah, okay, I'm just saying. But please go on. Um, yeah. So then, uh, just fast forward. So I was working at um, for uh, a bank. And uh, there was a deaf employee and we were just engaged and I was just um, communicating to the best of my ability. She said, you know what? You're really good at language. You're picking up on this. Um, I think you should probably try sign language. And I was telling her at the time I wanted to do speech therapy. Um, And I went to like this kind of placement situation where I saw that in action and it just didn't take to me. Um, and my professor suggested I try the sign language piece. And, you know, with her encouragement, I went on and just kind of transitioned over to more communication versus therapy, which is just not for me. I'm more, I like to communicate. I like to speak to people and network and, you know, meet people where they need to be met in their language of choice and their community of choice. That's just, you know, my nature and how I connect. That is awesome. That is awesome. If people want to connect with you uh, to talk about one of the many slashes uh, behind your name, what is there? Are you like socially active or is it more like, you know, you reach out through community networks to kind of put you in touch directly? What's the best way to get a hold of you? Well, it depends on what you need before. Ah, true. <laughs> right? Good, good um, so I'm affiliated with uh, Durham Black Educators Network. Awesome. Um, so if you're looking for resources and ways to connect your family, um, if your family identifies um, as a member of the Black diaspora, mm-hmm. um, then Durham Black Educators, uh, dben.org. Um, and then I'm on, you know, Instagram and the Facebook. I use my regular name. I'm mm. a regular person with my regular <laughs> picture. <laughs> and you'd refer to it as the Facebook. So that should give them a clue too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> on the internet. Yes. But yeah, you know, Jen, like, Awesome. We'll definitely tweet that out. And, uh, you know, you're a connector and you even just recently, you know, connected me with a really great uh, organization that we're going to be looking forward to working with in the future. So, I mean, you know, it is what it is, man. You, you're an amazing person. We are gl- we're glad that you took the time to come on the show. We have one more segment 
we're not ready to go yet. We're just wrapping up this aspect, but then we're going to throw it over to no better Nina, who is the expert on relationships for today. Is she? Because she's uh she's been in a relationship for all of. Oh, that's how long? right. That's right. So you are an expert now, aren't you, Nina? Yes, how long? How long, how, how long has this been going on now? Yesterday was actually our six month anniversary. Oh Ooh. la la! There you go. Congratulations. Yes. Thank you. Did you guys go eat at Milestone too? No. Oh no, their no. milestones wouldn't be open, right? Yeah. We went to the beach. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, now it is over to you for no better take. Okay. So, um, online, I came across this interesting conversation, um, and basically, it asks if you could be in a serious relationship with someone who has different political or religious beliefs. Mm-hmm. Um, so, one person's response was. I can't support my hubby if he wanted to vote for Trump and religious. No, I can't be with someone who doesn't believe in God, period. My kids are not about to grow up confused. Another user says, Nope, he has to believe that Jesus Christ is our Lord and savior or I'm out. (laughs) Flanders. Flanders. Said No, someone would have to convert and I don't play about my God. So obviously insinuating that whoever they marry has to convert. Um, another person said, in my opinion, different religious beliefs may be complicated when it comes to religious practices, raising children, etc. But it's not a deal breaker as long as the person isn't an atheist. It's all about your character and morals and your political beliefs really show what kind of person you are deep inside. I could never be with a man that's a Trump supporter. And then the last comment that I want to go off of is someone said, I don't care about politics. I have no religion either. Just don't try to impose your beliefs on me and we're good. That's kind of a whatless person, though. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I, so, I want to know, and I see that Jen has made a comment here. So how do you feel about dating someone with a different religion or political beliefs? So, Jen, go ahead. <laughs> I, I, I didn't realize that was going to be the jump off. But... Uh... <laughs> Um, well, I'm married to somebody with a a different religion. So, um, I'm Christian and my husband's Muslim. Um, my daughter self-identifies as Muslim. My son self-identifies as Christian. And, uh, I have always, we have always, my husband and I, um, it's just respect. It just comes down to respect, um, in our household, um, we are religion neutral and we did that for our family so that they can maintain that respect and protect our children. Um, And I really believe that at the core of everything, at every religion, it really is about your value system. Right. Um, And that's, that's what we want our children to hold the value system and they need to be grounded in something, some sort of belief system because you are not, an island, right? There's a greater power amongst us. So whatever you view that to be, that's for you to decide because I can't tell you what is important to you in terms of that. Um, And it seemed to have worked, you know, every child's different, every family's different. Um, But between my husband and I, we're very um, conscious of the barriers that religion have and pose, um, especially for our daughter because she's grown up in the Trump era. Whereas my yeah. son did not um, when he was at her age. Um, so it's been, there's been a lot of hard conversation. There's been a lot of tears. Um, you know, why does everyone hate me, mommy? You know, 
I can't go to the States, mommy. Why does Trump hate me? Traveling with the both of them because they have very um, cultural names. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, we had to devise, devise a system. My husband goes through one line in the airport. I take her through another line in the airport just so she doesn't see him getting searched and things like that. So we've had to kind of bubble wrap her a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but now, you know, she's 12. Um, so there's no more bubble wrap. And it's just those conversations that we have to have. And they're not easy, um, but she knows mommy has her back. It doesn't matter that mommy, you know, doesn't go to the mosque. It doesn't matter that she knows mommy sneaks, you know, pork pizza. I was going to ask you about the pork. I was going to ask you about the pork. You know, you know. So it's just about the respect and we maintain this respect in the household and that's it. That was going to be something out of curiosity that I was going to ask you. Like, so when it comes to uh, going to church or the mosque, like, how do you guys um, navigate that within your family? Like, do you guys all go to one and the other or whoever's comfortable with what goes to where they're? Well, my husband and I, we always said we're not going to impose the other religion. Um, so you do what you're comfortable with and we just both happen to be comfortable with supporting each other. Um, Mm -hmm. so we go to the church together and, you know, when opportunities present themselves for me to join them at the mosque, we do. Um, a lot of times, um, in recent years when they're celebrating Ramadan and Eid, um, they will go because I'm working and then they will just spend the time and it really helps them bond as well. Mm -hmm. Um, but if there's something happening at school, my daughter's very, very fortunate in that she goes to a school where there's a lot of other children who are Muslim. Mm-hmm. Um, so she has her own little community, whereas my husband grew up by himself in Sault Ste. Marie being one of two families, which is a very different experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, we support each other. So we do a lot of everything together. Um, and it just lets the kids feel proud of who they are, you know, mm-hmm. without being one's better than the other or whatever have you. Yeah. Um, Ready and Solly, so what do you guys feel on this? Would you date someone, seriously date someone with a different religious or political belief? Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Is is that just preference or like, like, like what's your reasoning behind it? Just because those are just two things that are so important for how you guys go about your conducting your lives, really, for that matter. And if it's going to be grading, if... um, If their religion doesn't jibe with mine, but I don't, I'm not a religious person per se. I'm more spiritual than I am religious, but it's just, it's too big of a, a factor in your lives for it to not be in, in sync in some way, shape or form. So I would, I would avoid it if I could. But then okay. again, if Wonder Woman turns out to be Muslim, then, or whatever the religion is, it doesn't really matter per se. But the fact is different religions, it's going to be tension of some sort one way or another even with the best of intentions in terms of how you're going to choose to raise your kids or even mm-hmm. what your financial practices are because religion plays a role in that as well and that's also an important part of your relationship as well religion seeps its way into everything in your relationship so it's just a big thing i would avoid it if i could stolly i don't think the it, i think for the religion aspect it depends on how devout you are because if you just grew up as a religion like i know Muslims who grew up Muslim, but they're not necessarily practicing Muslim. So I think in religious aspect, I'm a lot more lenient because uh, it really is more about values, just like Jen said, like, show me who you are and how you treat other people who uh, society does not consider important. Show me how you treat the janitor. Show me how you treat 
the clerk at the at McDonald's. You know what I mean? Like those kind of small indications of who you are as a person and how you treat people are more important than your religion mm-hmm. if you're not that devout. Uh, but the politics with the Trump supporter, I would definitely say that could be a pretty bad red flag for me. But that's the point it, of now supporting a racist for the most part. Yeah. Right? Wouldn't you yeah. think so? So to yeah. speak. But I mean, that, I, I think that at this point, it's become politicized that you're either with us or you're with the racists. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> you know what I mean? So in terms of that, who you support politically and why. Um, but to me, there's just no justification for supporting Trump. So if there is a Trump supporter, that's a definite deal breaker for me. I don't like, I don't care who you are. Yeah. You could have been saving yourself, your virginity for me from birth. <laughs> the moment you tell me or whatever, I don't know. I like, I don't know whatever you think would be a benefit to, or an advantage to being with me. And then you tell me, yeah. And I voted for Trump. I'm like, yeah, all of that is for not. Yeah. Yeah. Can't, yeah. Can't do it. I think for me, it's funny because I was actually having this conversation with my mom the other day and like my boyfriend and I have spoken like briefly. Yeah, I know it's only been six months, whatever, but go on, Dr. No, Ruth, go on. No, I know listeners are thinking that, but at the same time, you don't date someone with the purpose to break up. So like, let's just think logically about sure. a future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, we've no, but like we've spoken about that stuff because I'm Sikh and he's Christian. So mm. it's too it's two different things. And like, we've spoken about that in just in terms of like, that's why I also asked Jennifer for her, like, how does it work in terms for her family of going to the church and the mosque for me, it would be the temple and church. Um, and like, we've obviously spoken about that again. I'm not like super religious to the T. Like I don't, I don't go to the temple every single Sunday and things like that. And he doesn't go to church every Sunday, but it does play a part. And it's funny because I was speaking to my mom about this just the other day about how like you're, you're essentially kind of raised when you're a kid. If your parents are of the same faith, you're just raised to automatically believe that faith. But then what happens when you have two parents who are of a different faith? So in Jennifer's scenario, you know, like how, how do you let your kids, like, how do you, how do they decide what they want to be or, or things like that? So for me, religion isn't really a big thing as long as both parties are respected um and they do have respectful values at the core um and then yeah with politics trump like no i can't not, <laughs> not, like, not happening. Like, no, yeah yeah and, and just uh, the way certain people speak about certain like if if you're i don't know making fun of jagmeet singh for having a turban like obviously i'm gonna be like okay hey, no because like that's my people <laughs> like right <laughs> so yeah that's personally how i feel about it um but yeah, so interesting conversation. There you go. And we don't have any more time for the next one, so I'll save that for next week. There you go. Oh, perfect. That just makes your work a little light, a little lighter for <laughs> exactly. next week. Uh, thank you very much for that, uh, Nina. I appreciate it. Very interesting. I, 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 it's one of those things I never thought much about, but it's, yeah, values at the end of the day, values and morals speak louder than anything else. And it will, I think if you share the same values, you're not going to worry too much about poli- your political affiliations because it's going to align. Mm-hmm. So um, listen, ladies and gentlemen, that's been our show for today. I want to, you know, Jen, I can't thank you enough, you know, for everything, for just being yourself and uh, for, for sharing your time with us this evening as a special guest. You're an honor, an honorary guest and you're welcome back anytime. 
Thank you very much. Appreciate you. And on behalf of Ready Fox and Novedanina, please, ladies and gentlemen, wear a mask. <laughs> Care about others out there. There is still a war going on against this pandemic. And Let's black make people. it through. <laughs> and black people. Yep. Let's make it through this. And indigenous people. I mean, we've got to include a lot of people in there as well. Um, but yes, let's be kind to each other out there. And uh, we will see you. We will talk at you next week right here on Vibe 105. Have a great one. All right. And we're clear from the radio. And uh, any last uh, contribution you want to talk a little bit to round out the podcast? or Not really. I'm feel? good. Uh, but if you guys wanted to touch on anything it's... no 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 I'm, I'm good i think we can i think we can wrap it up here now so uh, for y'all podcast motherfuckers <laughs> peace out <laughs> thank y'all for tuning in we appreciate you make sure you share this podcast with your friends if you enjoyed the conversation continue to follow us on our socials at hashtag vibe 105 on twitter and instagram all right we appreciate you we love you and uh, we will talk at y'all next week peace <laughs>